They're spraying nano silver on the food. The reason why they're doing that, the, the reason they tell you is because they're spraying it on there to prevent insects from taking devouring the field. But what that's really actually doing, that's causing male sterility. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grime America show. Uh, we're going to be chatting to Anthony Pantelaresco a little bit later about all sorts of fun stuff, including the little machine he has that blocks him from being attacked, which is a pretty cool little device. A little and noisy. It is a little noisy, but it's kind of, you know, it's kind of nice. It's sort of this nice sort of, it gets sort of hypnotic after a while. I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, so yeah, great chat coming up. And uh, first we got the one and only uh, Grumpy Graham Dunlop. How's it going, buddy? What? See, actually, you're starting to smile already. You get into Why, the studio, you tell me? and you instantly oh, start to cheer on. up. Jesus. Where'd you get that from? Well, you're a little grumpier after no. work today. <laughs> I was okay. <laughs> I just got to switch to podcast mode. That's right. And then everything looks better. Yeah. Every, everything's better when you're in podcast mode. That's right. This so is where we good. do a little spiel about the show coming up, and our, you know, a little intro, listener emails, and all that good stuff. That's right. You can always skip it. There's always a timestamp in the show notes that you can click on, or you can just hit your skip ahead button if your podcast player has that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. While you're in the show notes, there's a bunch of other shit you should do. So yeah. check that out, including the chats, which we should mention before we forget. It's the one year anniversary of our chats, and it's funny you put this little bat signal in there. That's so right. we have so we have a Discord chat, and it's easy to get. You just put your app on the phone or on your any device, really, right? So it's grimerica.ca slash chats, I think. Yeah. And then there's all little channels in there. Like there's one artist corner where it's like got failed as one of our friends up north. He puts his paintings in there and some people still go to, I, I, I popped into the Google hangout the other day and I noticed people still pop into there. Oh, so that, that's where the chats used to be until we had to move it to not in the Google hangouts anymore because we ran out of room. Yeah. So there's like, you know, Congress is where the main chats are. If, if you, um, if you go in there, there's a bunch of people. So that's been going on for a year. People have started up their own podcasts, like cruising with steak. And, and, uh, I don't know if any other ones have started up in there, but. Well, they, they pushed know. true faux show into starting. Yep. Yep. Another one. And, uh, people are just, you know, hanging out, sharing stories, super open-minded. Uh, you know, it's, it's great. There's Making ha- friends. And then there's a couple other channels like Life Hacks and Haiku Poems, Study Room. It's pretty funny, actually. It's a good time. You guys, should, it's definitely worth checking out. There are some people that are, there's usually always someone in there. If you go in there and just be like, hello, I'm sure someone will welcome you. Yeah. Graham and I aren't in there. What? We pop in there. We're not in there all the time, but we pop in, you know, once a day or something. Say hello. Yeah, I can't keep more. it. I can't. I mean, it's just a constant flow. I can't keep up with it, but... But if you do go in there and say hello, somebody will be in there. Yeah. Just say hello back. Yeah. 
I'm sure of it. And that's been a year already, right? So we're coming up on our five-year anniversary of the show. Yeah, five-year anniversary of the show. Yeah, yeah. that's like, well, we call it June 1st. Do we? Yeah. Is that what we call it? End yeah. of May, really June 1st. So April, yeah. May, so we're we a couple meant, months away. We meant to launch on June 1st. But we went early? We got eager. We went early. We that's eager. the first time you've ever been early for something. Well, I fucking <laughs> was spent six months trying to convince you to start the podcast, so I was ready to go. And all the troubleshooting. Oh my God. And now we're just about to change it again. Jeez. And I was going to be anonymous at first. Yeah. Oh God. Could you imagine? (laughs) You're an anonymous fucking genome. Possibilityist. Yeah. It'd be over already. (laughs) Never would have got out of the gate. Yeah. Five years. Who would have thought? So that's, yeah, that's June 1st. Not sure what we'll do for that yet. We had some ideas for the trivia and stuff like that, but we we forgot about it. I don't know. We'll come. We'll probably just do one of our shit shows. Yeah. Call me not. But, uh, oh yeah, we'll have something anyway. But yeah, that's coming up June 1st, five years. And then late, a little later in the year, we'll hit 300 shows. Yeah. yeah. Big year. Yep. Well, we've already hit 300 with the Black Budget app, uh, feed as well. So we have no, some extra content yet. in there. Yeah, it's probably right on 300 with that. Close close to it. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, anyways, I got a couple listener emails to talk about here. Um Jamie Janover, which is uh, one of Nassim Harriman's henchmen, uh, henchmen. <laughs> he's coming to Calgary to do yeah, his uh, presentation on the the United Field Theory. No, why, why am I getting that unified? Wrong? Unified Field, Field Theory. theory. <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, that'll be worth checking out. Uh, That's in the end of April, I think. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes. As usual, it's last time I saw Nassim talk, it was he went late. It was supposed to be a panel, and he went late, and it was amazing chat, like very, very amazing lecture. And that was years ago, so there's been lots of work with that group, uh, the Resonance Academy, and all those guys. So uh, Jamie will be coming over sharing all that stuff, and and hopefully he'll uh, he'll be in studio as well. Yeah, we'll get him in studio. It'll be a good chat. Good chat, Jamie again. Get him to show him some of his fancy drumming. He's supposed to be quite the percussionist. It's that, it's that, uh, adult, isn't he a hammer dulcimer player? Maybe. I see a guy in the plus 15 always playing his hammer dulcimer. Really? Yeah. It's quite something to watch. Really? You've yeah. seen that live? I well, didn't think there was many of those is around. Is that the drum That's... with all the little different things on it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, see, we I should see talk him to him. Time I wonder time. if he knows. He probably knows. I always There's think about, a very small community of I always thinking about stopping and like, uh. Doing the fucking periscope thing. Oh, that's a good idea. And periscope. That's a good for a idea. While yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, always busy. Should... Yeah, I know. I'm always in a rush to get where you I'm can't, going. I know. You can't really stop and do that kind of stuff during workout. Yeah, either. with that's... my work phone. <laughs> <laughs> so. Heart's in the right place. What else was I going to say? Well, we tried to do the video last, the other couple of days ago. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Kind of crashed and burned. The first one went okay. Second one, not so much. We did find out, though, I think we had a couple of settings wrong. We had some latency settings wrong and some delay. We should have had some delay on it. We didn't do that. But uh, we'll keep trying. We'll give it another kick at the can. Yeah, so we're working on live streaming video, and and the same audio podcast will come out. The podcast thing won't change at all, but we're trying to just supplement it with a bit of video because we have the gear now, and we are just we've, we've done a few kind of rougher ones in the past but now we're trying to step it up a little bit yeah we're gonna try and clean it up we got brody who's willing to help out so we'd like to get 
you know, something for the YouTube people and see if we can't yeah. throw the content in another area and yeah. help grow the show, which in turn, you know, helps everything keep keep chugging along. We don't really want to be in there. It's a bit weird. It is a little weird, but it was weird starting the podcast at first. That's too. true. Yeah. So it just comes to a point that, you know, a couple people, there's a couple people that have been pushing us to this for a while and it's, I guess we're there. So we'll give it a crack and we'll see what happens. Yep. And of course, all of that stuff would never be possible without the support of our supporters who have taken the time to go over to grimerica.ca slash support and they sign up for, you know, uh, a weekly or a monthly or a yearly donation. Some of them are as low as a buck a month. Um, And those are the guys and gals that make these sort of growth things and possibilities happen. Yeah, just covering our expenses, paying off some... Some debt to start up here, and yeah, yeah, all that great stuff. And it wasn't for them, there would be no show. The show probably would would definitely wouldn't be coming up on five years. No, and uh, yeah. That being said, well, plus we don't want to do ads and stuff either, right? I mean, we no, really we want to stay away that. from from paywalls and ads. We don't want to do paywalls. We don't want to do ads. We'd really just rather that you guys who did get some value from the show sent a little value back our way. And that's the way we're going to go for now. Of course, we've got the Patreon page. If you go to grimerica.ca slash support, all the information's there. And uh, you do get the extra access to the Black Budget episodes. We'll be throwing some interviews with Sam Tripoli and Jordan Bonaparte up there, Bonaparte himself, in the next couple of weeks. So jump on that now. Get your Black Budget access and support the show at the same time, which, of course, is the only reason the show exists. If the, if the support dries up, the show is going to dry up. So yeah. we can't have that happen. Um, I did also want to mention, too, that uh, we do constantly have PayPal subscriptions dropping off. And uh, I know I e- I had done an email with somebody one time, and they said that they got an email from us saying that we suspended their payments. No, they got an email from PayPal from saying PayPal that. PayPal saying that we suspended their payments. So we never suspend payments. Um, yeah. Not yet, anyways. Yeah, so if you do get that email from us. Uh, or from PayPal. Or from PayPal. It's that's a not, lie. Yeah, it's... And you should redo your subscription if you don't mind. And uh, it's always a good idea to check your subscription from time to time and make sure that PayPal hasn't canceled it because it seems like they don't like people like us. Is that what it is? You think? No, I don't think so. I wonder how that comes I about. I assume it's though. like people getting new credit cards or little know. things like that, an address or some glitch. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, weird. That is a weird one. It is happens to other shows as well. We've heard, but you know, then there's other subscriptions that are still like there's still a couple people that are on the Money Bomb subscription that their subscription has just worked yeah. for years now yeah. without a hiccup. Yeah. Or if you update your card, probably before it lapses, or I don't know how the fuck it works, but it's definitely a you know. Yeah. We did get some feedback asking why we suspended their payments. I was like, no, yeah. no, we didn't do that. I don't think he signed back up though. <laughs> really. So this is a really interesting chat with Tony Pantelaresco. Uh, he he talks quite a bit about this overarching AI, and uh, yeah, we get into like just vaccines and uh, the matrix kind of stuff, organics and nanocarbons. A lot about nano nano stuff. Some also some sort of natural ways to detox that kind of thing. Talk about glyphosate. It's pretty pretty interesting. It's kind of scary as well, you know. Oh, yeah, those ones that waiting for this to come out. I got to make sure oh, I email yeah. him. Yeah. So he's jumping this to his audience, I think. So oh, nice. If you're okay, one of Tony's good. fans, welcome aboard. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Do you want me to go through a couple of listener emails or I got sure, another couple of things? Some motherfucking and... Jingles, yo. Jingle. <clears throat> 
Uh, well, I got a just Do a it. general general. Down in Graham, going deep. It's a profound UFO, UFO quote of the week. Words to ponder and critique. It's a profound UFO quote of the week. So, I've got two mini quotes from Vice Commodores for you. What's a Vice Commodore? Russian? No. Comrade Commodore. No, it's Argentinian, I think. Oh. Or Nazi. No, but you know, like a vice commodore would probably be like a vice admiral or something like. Yeah, I thought the commodores were Russians, comrade commodore. (laughs) No. No? (laughs) So, first one, UFOs are real. I myself had an experience of this sort in 1951. It was a yellowish silver disc with deep red edges moving at high speed at an altitude of some 500 meters. That was Vice Commodore Oscar Barrio from the Argentinian Defense. The next one is, uh, at this state of events, and with the evidence available to us, it's hard to deny the existence of flying saucers. And that was from Vice Commodore Danta La Roca. He was also in the Argentinian defense. So there's a bunch of UFOs down in Argentina? Maybe that's the Nazis. I think it's a lot. Oh, interesting. What's the year? 1951. Oh, that could be. Perfect. That lines up quite well. Yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> what else you got? Uh, I got some listener feedback kind of stuff. So like not a synchro? How about, oh, we haven't heard this one in a while. And now another edition of America Goodies by the people. So, Graham, wow, you did a show with McGowan. Hats off. I spoke with him on the phone once or twice. He was a friend of a friend. I guess he would be talking about Dave McGowan. Actually, I could probably, I'll just put a link in the show notes to that as well, just uh, for everybody. And let's see, let me continue on here. I might then suggest investigating the extremely credible theory that the whole alien thing... 99% of it is social engineering. They are creating a new scientific religion to go with their new, their their one world government. Gotta have a religion. Exhibit one, alien stuff started with H.G. Wells, the arch-British empire apologist and explicit one world government asshole. He hit the alien thing hard with two books. Why? Almost nothing before that to speak of, and almost everything since about UFOs has been from the entertainment realm, from a zillion comic books to a zillion TV shows to a zillion movies and books. Kudos to you, though, for understanding that a sighting can often be explained by black technology. Also, I suggest Patrick Harper and his The Philosopher's Secret Fire, The History of the Imagination where he posits UFOs are the latest version of leprechauns, etc., and that he totally believes in them, but they are not really here in a nuts-and-bolts way. Sort of are, sort of aren't. And that they kind of don't give a shit about us, and it's best to stay away from them. Absolutely brilliant guy from England. Nobody would ever pray to the leprechauns to save them, as many in the UFO community are now doing. Sign of the new religion. Damn, you guys are great. Keep up the good work. Have an awesome, oh, have some awesome synchronicities to report. Be in touch soon. Peace, Bob. So, yeah, thanks, 
Thanks, Bob. Peace, Bob. For that excellent email. We will check out uh, Patrick Harper's stuff for sure. I mean, I don't know if I agree with that. I think uh, the UFO community is not necessarily, I mean, I'm sure some of them are on the ex- uh, on the extremities, but I don't think they're praying to save us. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they are. Am I praying to the UFO community, the UFOs to save us, Darren, or do I just want to make contact? Probably. <laughs> I don't know. What do you plan to say once you make contact? I guess. I, hi. Is that all you're going to say? <laughs> if that's all you say, I think you're okay. Hmm. But I don't know. I think you're trying to save something. Hmm. You know what? That Bigfoot place wasn't the same place. Oh, really? This is the place I went. Oh, yeah. But get this. That Bigfoot place is where Garrett bought me my Bigfoot hunting license. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So Synchro's still in there a little bit. Destroy that hunting license. What? Okay. There we go. This is what you get. (laughs) We had the new moon, dark sky, which is great. Okay. 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 So, so this is a fe- uh, email about our, our episode on the higher side chats. Hi, Darren. I really liked your presentation on the higher side chats, which I listened to today. I totally support your position. Vaccines have been have become my main issue and I consider myself to be an activist, researcher, and educator on this topic. After discovering I had a vaccine-injured son, I began to learn all I could about this issue. And since I'm also an RN with a master's degree and worked several years as, as a human subjects clinical researcher, vaccine injured, injury captured me. So I speak with a little authority. All your information given on THC was great and its presentation was effective and interesting. Thank you for being so informed and willing to broadcast this controversial material. I have only one criticism, and that is that you mispronounced the name of the disease. Varicella? Diphtheria. Oh, that one. Fuck. I think I did. It was supposed to be varicella instead of varicella. I was, was going to call you and out on diphthe- it, and yeah. I thought, I'm just going to be nice on this No, that one, you should have fucking... You got to call me out on that one. Well, I mean... You I'd call know, me out I, on all the rest. If it was on our podcast, I probably oh, would have, yeah, but great. we were on yeah. somebody else's, so I didn't want to be all... To you know, Look, aggro there. They block out all the faces, <laughs> the statues. So, um, so you said several times diphtheria, but the proper pronounces pronunciation is diphtheria. The extra H is probably what threw you off. <laughs> and I couldn't. You just love it. I could be wrong for how Canadians pronounce this. That's it's not a Canadian thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you have any questions about vaccines, health, I I've been collecting research studies, articles, videos. For several years now, and I love to share what I've collected. Thank Graham also for the great presentation, Marcy. So, yeah, we should have her on the show, actually, Darren. That could be a good, like, black black budget episode, or maybe just have her on a regular one. Yeah, that's a good idea. You know, let's do it. We'll do a black budget show, and yes, I'd be. Uh, I definitely want the info. Email it to Graham. Email it to me if you can find my email address. It's there. Huh. Okay. That's it. That's that one. It. Okay. Sorry, I'm trying to move it. I don't oh, want to go to the social media jangle. You, do you have one or? Uh, no, because I do. Let's save that. I got something else here. Just sticking on this, on the topic of 
The YouTube um, feedback is not good right now. A lot of the Cliff High people were not happy about the breakdown in the video the other day. Of course, the first time we get, you know, 200 and some people in the fucking thing because Cliff invites them along and it just fucking crashes and burns. Yeah, but the audio, uh, that's okay. No, no, the audio wasn't any good either. But the audio will come out. Yeah, it'll be good when it comes out. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, that wasn't the best one to, to test with. I mean, we really should have just had it, had it down pat before we did it. Anyways, no big deal. We'll work on it. So this is an email from Serious Disclosure, just talking about that whole disclosure thing. And this is pretty interesting. So I mean, it goes back a ways. Is this a newsletter? Yeah. That's what I thought. It goes back a ways. Uh, it's from December. I think, does it go back that far? This is weird. Why did I, why did I just get it now? Anyways, it's, it's an important message regarding the false flag. So, urgent. Note that the recent New York Times story is couched from a threat office of the Pentagon. This is a clear ramp up to a false flag, fake disclosure designed to prepare people for a threat from outer space. So the warmongers and the war profiteers have a new, bigger enemy. Beware. Well, I mean, I would expand on that even myself and say it's not only about that, but about a way to bring the globe together as one. The globalists? Yeah. Once climate change doesn't work and once all these other things don't work, this is the Trump card. Ah. <laughs> Meanwhile, unacknowledged is being blocked by media. No coverage, even though it's the 2017 number one documentary on iTunes and widely popular on Netflix. The secret government is manipulating a false flow's disc- a Maybe false disclosure and crying like a bitch oh, oh. <laughs> and threat via their lackeys and cutouts. Stay tuned. It's so insincere. That's the problem is the crying is just like, I shut it off. I shut it off. You I've never to... watched the end of it. Oh, geez. Well, like, that's your I own. You've got your this. own shit to deal with then. If that's, Why? if that's bugging you. That I can much. cry. I cry. So then just let him cry. Who cares if it's fake or not? I mean, just just get past the ego and the crying and all that. It's the I can't. it's the content. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna click. Okay, I'm gonna go this this other thing here. So it links to a it links to a letter, which is really interesting. And I, I'm probably gonna try and add this to our essay. Now I can't get in there. <laughs> um, to our essay uh, segment one day when we do this, when we finally get around to it. And this is from 1999. This is a, a this is a uh, a paper written about when disclosure serves secrecy. And I'll just read the first few lines and then I'll link to it in the show notes, and, um, and maybe one day we'll explore it in detail. Ending the secrecy surrounding the UFO ET subject is a laudable goal. It's long overdue. It would transform the world in both simple and profound ways, and yet it is fraught with danger. The covert projects, which have been running the UFO-related program for nearly 60 years, are not interested in a disclosure which upsets their apple cart. They want the disclosure to transform their apple cart into a freight train, and they potentially have the power and connections to do it. There are multiple scenarios attending the disclosure of a UFO subject, and not all of them have the best interest of humanity at heart. Elsewhere in the new book, well, then he talks about his book back then, um... Extraterrestrial contact, the evidence and implications. I write about the kind of disclosure the world needs, an honest one, an open one, one which replaces secrecy with democracy, a disclosure which is peaceful, scientific, and hopeful. But then there is 
the disclosure the powers that be would like to see manipulated, calculated to consolidate power and engender fear. Configured in such a way that chaos and a deepening need for Big Brother is carefully inculcated into the masses. We have seen the plans and it's not a pretty picture. I write this as a warning, a warning that wolves in sheep clothes are very cunning indeed and have almost limitless resources. Most who work with them do not even know they are wolves. Indeed, it is like, likely that many of the wolves have been convinced that they are sheep. The UFO matter is not such a mystery as a matter deliberately obfuscated and mystified. Con- confusion and a lack of clarity serves the larger covert goal of keeping it off the long-range radar of society while powers and plans are consolidated quietly. And the one thing more dangerous to society than all the secrecy is a planned, contrived disclosure run by the keepers of the secrets. Podesta? (laughs) I don't think he's the keeper of the secrets. He's involved probably, but not at the deeper levels, I don't think. The long? No, no way. He's a spokesman. Hmm. And it's not working out with him, so he's probably gone now. Dead? No, no, no. Just oh. out of the, off the front lines of the scene, you know? Hmm. Yeah, we'll see what happens. You think they'll off them? No. Okay. Might go crazy. He might. <laughs> they have a crazy gun? <laughs> yeah. They just... <laughs> like they've been doing to you? No. Actually, I think you're coming in. Coming in? You hear the new thing? Being red-pilled is the same as becoming fucking radicalized oh that's unbelievable could you believe that getting red filled is being radicalized have you seen I, it's so that weird. could be a problem <laughs> i was watching red pill videos red pill junkie's a radical <laughs> he's a <laughs> radical you better watch that he's there's gonna a, start getting blocked there's a canadian youtuber she was on the mainstream media and she left the mainstream media and she's been red pilled and she talks about red pill, and there's been other there's been other people talking about their red pill moments, and it's just perfect that they would say radicalization because really you're waking up to the fucking false falsehoods that's there, you know, and the the fakery that's going on. You're waking up to the truth is what it's supposed to be, and they're saying fucking what are these radicals? Unbelievable, being radicalized, unbelievable. Can you believe it's just it? Unbelievable. It, it's so crazy right now. By that standard, we could be radicals. Yeah, I mean, really well, that means any, anybody without the mainstream fucking opinion is a radical. I mean, it's ridiculous. Hmm. They're pulling out all the stops right now. They are, it's, it's, it's incredible what's happening. And it's, I don't know, it's so good. I'm glad we're a part of it, though. You know, in some ways, we have a little bit of a voice, and we're just talking oh, he. Open, openly and honestly. and A wee bit of a voice. Yeah. Of course, we count on you guys to help us grow that voice a little bit. Tell your friends about the show. Share the show on social media, of course, wherever you can, because you are our only marketing plan. And some days it does really seem like it's just a matter of time until the YouTubes and things like that close the doors on us. And those are kind of some of our biggest discovery platforms. Um, so, yeah, we need uh, folks like you to share the show as much as possible as possible before they kick us off of those platforms. 
so that we can kind of hit that crit- yeah, it's, critical it's, mass. It's, it's going to we're gonna coming. Go. We're getting close to that point where where we could be unaffected by something like that. Like I've already said, when we get to a hundred thousand listeners, I'll delete the Facebook account. And you know, you can you can kind of get to that point where we don't need those people anymore. We don't need their infrastructure. We can just yeah. still do this. But yeah, that's right. I mean, for the most part, we only use their infrastructure right now for discovery. That's our like Facebook, Twitter. That's where new people are finding the show. No, right now. but what about the platforms like YouTube, iTunes and all YouTube's that? another one where people are finding the show right now. So I mean, those are the ones where we're worried about marketing. If it ever comes to iTunes, if iTunes ever blackballed us, then we would just. I mean, iTunes is still another big self-discovery platform. They can't stop us from having an RSS feed. We can even make our own RSS feed if we need to. It would be tricky on how you would get the show. And it would be costly. Like and I mean, it it's pretty costly, but it's all the stuff. Right now, I mean, but... that's another reason we ask for support is because we're trying to get to the point one day where the show could be sort of self-standing and immune. Yeah, imagine in if we had ads and then all of a sudden they decide, oh, you know, they don't like our content, which of course a lot of our content is controversial. I mean, it's pretty open-minded, but I mean, there's many different groups of people that won't like our content. That's right. Especially when Graham starts dropping hate speech. What? <laughs> <laughs> what about the love? I should have, <laughs> I don't know what happened to the love <laughs> that day. I, I should have, I forgot to write that one in the book. Hate speech Dunlop? Oh, come Graham on. Hate speech no, Dunlop. I mean, I don't agree with it. It's a curse. I believe it's a curse. Cuss. You know, if I'm... What? A cuss. Oh, a curse. You're cursing somebody. I'm going to curse you into gaining weight. You know what I mean? Like, if you if you if we believe in positive I think you're intention... I cuss where, like, shit-ass bitch, cunt, shoo No, no, no. And look at... We had Lynn McTaggart on about the power of group intention, right? That's basically positive thinking and focus intention. That's right. So if the if you turn that around and use it for negative, then wouldn't it be a curse? So that's what hate speech is, I think. I mean, I don't agree with it. But true that. But it's probably important to have free speech. I don't agree with hate speech at all. There should be no such thing. I can agree with maybe inciting. Yeah. But not hate speech. Yeah. Because it's just going to get expanded, expanded, expanded. Yep. That's the thing. Yep. Once it's once it's on the books. Yeah. Yeah. Creep. You just call it's me a creep? creep? No, it's going to oh. creep. Yeah, it's going to creep. Next thing you know, you're protesting, have your rights taken away. Yeah. Um, what else you got? I think That's we have it, time buddy. for one more. You got nothing else? Uh, well, I mean, I got, I got a, I, I'll save this. I got a couple synchros and stuff, but I'll, I'll just save that. Oh, I got a little one here. How about this? I'm a rambling gram with synchronicities all over the web. And Darren is skeptical about everyone and don't believe it yet. This is from our friend David in Aussieland. He says, hey guys, not sure if this is a recent edition or not, but love the About Us section. Great descriptions. Especially love the fact that there's literally no point in listing Darren's contact details there. <laughs> as there's a high chance that emails will be forgotten quickly. If you know, if you look closely, you'll notice that my email's not listed there. It, well, you, you didn't take that out, did you? No, you can't do both that. Both emails are ground at ground. No, <laughs> yeah. No. In the bio section, they are. My email's on the contact page. Oh, okay. But your email is... Is in your bio? Is That's in my nice. bio. That's why I get emails addressed to Darren. I'm wondering why. Well, I even have people message. They're like, should I just send this to Graham? And I'm like, yeah. 
He'll forward it to me. Clearly, the last few emails I've sent to Darren requesting the All In Believer jingle as a ringtone have been put aside for more important editing. Really? Have I still not sent them that? Or swearing at computers. I've actually done that. When's that email from? Which does actually pay off. I've heard some real shit-sounding podcasts lately compared to Grammarica. Anyhow, thought I'd let you guys know about the About Us section is cool. And, oh yeah, in response to Darren's comments regarding whether or not doctor slash PhD can write prescriptions, nope. Sorry, dude, can't help you there. I don't need any prescriptions. That was from December 11th, 2017, so... Oh, yeah, I think I sent it to him since then. If I haven't sent it to you, let me know, Dave, because I think I sent out all the ringtones now. I've adjusted my inbox in such a way that it's a little easier to flag those things. Ah, so. It's starting to get more and more email. You must get more and more. Probably tougher for you. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I don't mind it. I like to get emails from people. Please do send them in. Graham at GrahamAmerica.com, G-R-A-H-A-M. Big thanks to Felix's buddies for copywriting our video last episode. Just kidding, Felix. I had to poke fun at you. Though. He sent me his buddy's band song to play at the end of the thing, and then I put it on YouTube, and I got a copyright notice from him. Oh, no way, really? Yeah. That's funny. Like I say, it's algos, right? It's all algos. Algos? But I didn't remove it yet. But it is weird, eh? So, so is that the one you're telling me that they've created ads in there? Well, we always oh, had ads on a couple videos. Like the, I think it was a Randall Carlson one and the David McGowan one had ads in them. But I was finally, YouTube just recently came out with you. And that's because it's picked up a song that's copyrighted by someone. So the, the video gets ads in it and they get the money. Yeah. Um, but now they finally gave you the option to actually remove that. Uh, from, YouTube does it automatically. You click it, boom, takes it out. And then it'll take the ads out. So I actually have to go tonight and double check that the ads came out because I did it all yesterday and it said it takes like 12 to 24 hours or something to happen. So I got to go back and see if that happened. Hmm. But yeah, that all the YouTube stuff might be ad free again, which would be nice. Yeah, that's weird that those ads just creep in that's through al- algos. Can you believe that? Yeah, because someone else's music. Unless they're finding it, but I don't think so. I don't picture it as they get an email and they go beep. I picture it more as... It probably has to happen on an app that's had enough play. Like, I think it, it gets to probably, a certain amount of yeah. plays and it kicks in and it's probably just a box that they checked on their thing someplace. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Right on. That's about it. So here's your guys' extra app. Finally, a week late and a dollar short, but it's here. Number 275. Motherfuckers. Enjoy the chat with Tony. Mr. Anthony Pantaloresco. And here's some good fives for your weekend, motherfuckers. If Maria supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. The blah, blah, blah. Send out good vibes. Good vibes. Good vibes. Good vibes. Good vibes. Underneath breaths of deep gratitude and prayers for guidance and protection. And put on a didgeridoo and shamanic drumming track. Shivers or vibrations and stuff like that. Underneath breaths of deep gratitude and prayers for guidance and protection. And put on a didgeridoo and shamanic drumming track. Shivers or vibrations and stuff like that. Underneath breaths of deep gratitude and prayers for guidance and protection. And put on a didgeridoo and shamanic drumming track. Shivers or vibrations and stuff like that. If Maria supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs>
right, so tonight we've got Tony Pantelaresco on with us, fellow Canadian. He's a herbalist, an alchemist, a mad hatter who's been around the health industry for 30 years. I got that little bio off of one of his many little sites on the internet. He's got a, a, a frequent podcast as well going, so I'm going to let Tony tell you where all his work is because it's it's kind of spread out all over the place and it's there's a lot of information i've been reading blogs and listening to him talk about uh lots of very interesting stuff so without further ado tony thanks for uh, joining us tonight yes i appreciate you guys having me on yeah it's good so like i said i've listened to your, a lot of your stuff lately some of it we touch on in uh in Grey America, a little bit about uh, geoengineering and vaccines and stuff like that. So there's so many things we can talk about. And I, I'd like to just kind of keep it uh, up to what's going on with you latest, like the latest stuff you're doing, because we're going to obviously cycle back to some of those bigger topics throughout our conversation. Okay, well, my main theme, I've been working with a guy named Brian 396. Uh, we're dealing with nano poisoning, what they're calling more gallons. Uh, which has been mis misappropriated, mislabeled. We've been working on you know, dealing with frequencies. I'm looking at artificial intelligence these days and where that's heading. Uh, even show reference biblically that we already had a singularity when you look at the story from the Tower of Babel. You actually read and understand a certain text that they were of one mind and one voice, or mm -hmm. one or one. That's programming. And whatever had mankind in that program. They were opening a portal, you know, building a tower to heaven, as, as, as they refer to. But that was a portal that they were building, like CERN. So is, is, that, was, is, that, is that Tower of Babel directly related to CERN then? Is that what you're saying? Um, I would say so. In fact, I would almost say that the way the, way the context of the Bible, everybody reads in a one-dimensional method. In other words, we read right to left. But sometimes the way the Bible is put together, it's not put together in that format necessarily. Sometimes t times and sequences are out of are displaced even in, in the Bible kind of thing. So when you're actually looking at that, when you actually look at that context, you're going to see a lot of similarities to what's going on then and what's going on now. And some may argue, well, the whole human race isn't under the spell of a program. Well, I would defer, beg to defer with them on that. Everything is programming today. You know, people are no longer educated they're being programmed look at the millennials they're about as dumb as a bag of rocks you couldn't tie their shoes if there was velcro you know they are under a program all they know how to do is read and follow a text and that's what the globalists wanted people should be smart enough to do a job but dumb enough to be able to think beyond beyond the purview of the box so when you look at that text and you, and you actually read that text you see something was going on there and that the whole planet was under control under a singularity when they built that tower or when they were building a portal, God intervened. And what, what, how do you disperse singularity? By bringing in multiplexity. That's where language came in because they were of one language. That's a programming. So when the different languages occurred, it broke up the singularity. It created the chaos required to break the hold on mankind. Here we are today reinitiating the same thing. All the things that we're hearing today on artificial intelligence or alien intelligence, all the things we're looking at nano, the integration of the biology with uh, nanotechnology or synthetic biology, everything that we're seeing in the construction of um, nanotech is based on our physiology, our biochemistry, uh, the way our cells work, the way our cells communicate. And 
excuse me, when we look at how our health was hijacked, I'm a 50s baby and I've been exposed to nano poisoning. So I've had some issues with, with this and one of the issues I've had is my teeth, some of my teeth have fallen out. But the interesting thing about that was I didn't bleed. But normally when you're a kid and your teeth fall out, you bleed. And then it dawned on me what actually was going on there. Our genetic code was altered or changed when they gave us those vaccines when I was coming up in the 50s. We are supposed to grow and re regenerate teeth. In other words, they would fall out and new ones would come in. But because they altered their genome or genetic structure through these vaccines and through some of the foods we've been eating over time, we, do, we can't regenerate like we're supposed to. In fact, we have a hard time even healing today because of that. So what? So just let's go back to the AI thing for a bit. So that you're saying that the CERN thing, because I, this is one of the main questions I really wanted to ask you is we because some of the groups of people in our chat room and in, on the podcast we talk about AI as if it is already here in some way as well, like that the internet itself may be part of it. So you're saying that the CERN portal yes, portal portal, portal was part did. part of this this bringing this ai in and then and then how did it no, how did it not bringing it in it's the ai is utilized the ai i don't think ever left quite honest with you i think the ai has just been resurfaced quite frankly because uh, of the cern or no uh it's i think it's look if you go look at jtalk ai is killing us you look at that video, he pretty well tells you to the way it is. AI is running the whole planet. Five, six years ago, uh, when, uh, when Stephen Hawkins, if, he, if that is still him, was alive, stated that if we gave the AI the capacity to self-upgrade upgrade its own programming and to run its own programming, that we would lose control. And guess what? That has happened. Just last week, they were talking about the AI coming up with a conclusion on how it uh, came up with a certain answer. They have no way of understanding how it's even thinking. The first upgrade they did, they said it would take them 25 years of steady working on the program to figure out what it did to upgrade itself. We are no longer controlling this planet. We have lost control of this planet seven years ago when they gave the AI the initiative to be able to upgrade and, and self-regulate itself. Elon Musk is talking about bringing in regulations to control the AI. It's too late. When what, is, what happened seven years ago? That's when they gave AI the, the that's when they gave the operating systems they had the the, um, the ability to write their own program to upgrade themselves, able to write their own script. What's um, it named? An example. I'm sorry. What's it named? Our AI. Just oh, AI program, doesn't have a name. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, the, I don't, no, the program was, uh, was just sort of upgrade. In other words, it was able to write its own script. Because I've, I've heard, like, the name Tyler thrown around, and there was another one, too, like Sophia or something like so that. Sophia is an AI construct that they created. She's all over the Internet, and Sophia is supposed to mean some sort of uh, intellect or some kind of um, Greek meaning of some intellect or all-knowing. This is a this is a basically a bunch of buckets and bucket of bolts or artificial life as they're trying to make it that operates on a on a programming which has a direct feed from artificial intelligence. So it is its primary function is to integrate with human nature, to adapt to human nature, to understand human nature, so that they can bring in more of these things to subvert humanity or to subvert mankind. This thing is all about subterfuge and the blockchain that they're talking about 
is about integrating AI across the planet on a more efficient and effective network so that it can be everywhere and anywhere at one time. So let's say the system falls in Canada. It can now bounce in the United States, it can bounce in Mexico, it can bounce in Germany, France, Russia, China, wherever it wants to go, and it can still maintain its control here in North America without losing any, any uh, functionality. Its capacity to learn basically is all based on what it's been exposed to. Um, when you look at Jay Tuck's view or, or perspective, the stock market's all run by artificial intelligence. We don't even know why today the stock market is so high. Even the experts can't give you any explanation. Yet here we are, 25,000, 26,000 on the Dow. No reason for it. Is it, is it fair to call that AI or is that just programs? I mean, is AI. It- they're, they're calling it AI. Yeah. They're calling it AI. So was there was there something that happened seven years ago that was a sig, uh, a sign that this this switch took place, or was there any kind of esoteric symbolism that happened? Like if you were to look back on what you think the day was, did something else? Was I, there something I, you else know occult there to might, tell us that? I don't pay much attention to the cultic stuff, on, only if there is a, a really really clear defining cut. Yeah. The reason why they went with it again, this is the one reason. Now there may be some sort of demonic. A reference to it and there probably is i'm not saying there isn't mm-hmm. but the one reference or inference to it was the military uh, was looking at a means to supposedly safeguard the hardware they had so there wouldn't be an accident somebody firing a bomb triggering a harp uh, weapon array a scalar weapon array or whatever so they gave it to the ai in order for the ai to control this when you look at the jay tuck video he's got he's showing you that right now above the planet five thousand feet above or higher there's all kinds of planes flying around, spying on the planet, and can take shots of a million pixels at, per second, you know, and they can see everything at one time. He explained how a drone took off from a military installation, flew to a target, neutralized the target, and flew to an aircraft carrier out in the ocean without any direct input from any military personnel. Oh. That's nominal. Oh, I That's see. So we, somebody didn't tell the tell it to go. It just did everything on its own based on triggers on, or whatever. That based, yeah. based on yeah. based on what it thought to do. Wow. So that's where we're at today. So they're talking about putting regulations or regulatory things on artificial intelligence. It's too late. That should have been done before they had even inter, inter, integrated the program for it to learn and adjust itself. But even with those initiatives, this thing would have been able to override that eventually. Uh, so when we're talking today about stock markets, banks, your hydro operation, your water filtration systems, uh, satellites, or um, not necessarily satellites because some people don't believe that they exist, but even the fact that they're flying drones above us to be able to uh, navigate those drones without any control, any air traffic control. I don't even believe today the airplanes we're seeing are dumping the chemtrails are even uh, being operated any longer by any kind of personnel today. I think that's all being done um, through AI. Ah, that's a very, oh, that's interesting. We're going to have to dig deeper onto that in a, in a sec, but I want to go back to that CERN thing. So are you saying that this AI was created and CERN is really like a portal to enable divine intervention in some sort, or that's what, that's um, what happened? I don't know. I don't know if it's, I mean, in the biblical reference, yeah, that's what happened there. 
what's happening now, I think, is uh, is I think the enactment, I think the same enactment is going to happen or going to try to happen anyway. Um, so when you look at the reference in the biblical reference, there was a, a consul up there that looked down and saw what was going on and said they were one mind and one, one voice. There's nothing they could do, and they were afraid that it would get off the planet because of the mayhem it would cause out there. So they then that's when they stepped in and created the multiplexity that were that, that happened, which basically the language was broken. They were no longer of one mind. It was a separation of the, from the program. Today they're talking about integrating nanobiology. Elon Musk wants to put a bloody thread in your head so that you can now access artificial intelligence because he says without that. You'll be, you'll be the equivalent of a dog or a cat in today's time. The problem with that idea is once you interface that way or integrate with artificial intelligence, you no longer have free will. You have an operational system running in through you, and now you will follow whatever edict or plan or program that the AI will run through you. And you will think it's you thinking doing this. You know, when they talk about the mark of the beast or the chip on the right hand or forehead, that's a direct interface or direct integration with artificial intelligence. And once that's put in, you are no longer an individual anymore. You're a subroutine of, um, of the artificial intelligence. That's what it boils down to, or another algorithm that's been now uploaded into the system. Wow. So do you think that when you, when you said before that AI was always been here, I mean, does that l lend credence to the digital simulation theory i mean darren sitting across the studio from me we talk about this one quite a bit it's his it's one of your favorite things darren is this whole digital what it's yeah, like yeah, it's uh, always fun to talk about you know the the whole um what's the word i'm looking for not just digital but simulation simulation yeah there's that theory that we are in a simulcon and that we're basically in a program in an operating system and that we're part of a program already um the holographic universe talks in some, in some similar fashion, that everything is a hologram. And the only reason why we can't see God is because we are one nanosecond out of sync with time. And time is not a measurement of TikTok. It's basically time is a barrier. And that's how they, they place it. The way they look at time is if you take a tube, a clear tube, you can see the beginning, middle, and the end of, a, of something going on in that spectrum of a tube, right? So at any given point in that tube, you could interject something to cause a um, an alteration or a, re a redirection or a change in some sequence to come up with a different ending or different alternatives. So there's that concept too. And some of that, there's a lot of truth to it. I mean, uh, if we could step back and look at everything from the, from a picture or if we were in sync in time, so instead of being a nanosecond out of time, being a nanosync in time, we would see things completely different. Um, when we looked at the movie, The Matrix, you know how he's looking at everything and everything was just code? Yeah. That would probably be what we'd be seeing, or we would be seeing high density forms of light or light beams uh, holding everything together. And that's how time is linear for us, because if, if we were in sync with that nanosecond back or whatever, we would see time as some, something else concurrent or all you know we'd have concurrent lifetimes maybe that maybe that's how we'd have to see that all that stuff happening well, is well there's a concept of the fractals that so each fractal as a as a, another 
similar universe to what our universe is. In other words, there's another Earth, multiple Earths in a fractal. So because a fractal is a spiral. And each one of them would be out of sync with the other one just enough so that in each uh, dimension or each Earth, you'd have similar things with slight variations. When we talk about interdimensional portals where you can walk from one Earth to the other, they would be alike, but yet there'd be some uh, some dissimilarities. You know, maybe in the next in the next Earth, you might be the president or prime minister of Canada. You know, there may be not may not be a Canada. There may be a, a conglomeration of Canada and Europe. You know, but there would be some kind of there'd be similarities in, in every in certain aspects, but there'd be some differences. And that also stands the reason too, because I mean, I look at I look at God as a creator, or God is the creator. So I don't think that God just would create one thing and put everything in one thing. I think he would, in his all in his in the complexity of the universe. And when you look at the when you look at that genesis and you really look at not from some religious hocus pocus but you actually look at it, it says from the vo god created from the void in other words there was nothing there not even a universe was there and then when he spoke let there be that's frequency that's an actual frequency let there be light so from my frequency came light let there be the earth that's another frequency that created something else okay and then setting the boundaries and the borders there's another reference in there that says the voice of God walks through the garden. That's a frequency. It doesn't say God walked through the garden. It says the voice of God walked through the garden. When you look at the creation of Adam and Eve, Adam was the dust from the sky, dust from the earth, and then he breathed life into him. Well, the dust is the bacteria of the planet. In other words, he took elements from space and the, and the earth, which are components of the creation of here, and created a life from bacteria. Essentially, that's what we are. And then from Eve, again, another genetic, you took a rib from Adam and created a, not only did you create a, um, a life, you created the opposite gender from the main template. So when you look at Adam as the template, or you look at uh, man as the template, and then Eve came from that, it makes perfect sense because you had to start from somewhere. So, and then when you look at a lot of those things in there and you start really examining it, it's like, whoa there's going there's a lot here going on and we're not paying attention to it because we're looking at some theology that has nothing to do with anything so does any of this tie into richard lighthouse's work and the lighthouse effect and the 1.39 terahertz frequency of the universe because he was talking know. about how tying into that or matching that frequency could affect time well, that's, there may be a possibility. I'm not familiar with his work, so I can't really make a comment one way or the other. But it, it stands the reason that if we were in sync like we were supposed to be, um, there's the old reference, we need to get back into, back to time, right? Go back in time. We have to get back to time. We are out of time because we're not in it like we're supposed to be. When those, those words and phrases, when you hear those terms, right, sounds like we're out of time. It's not that we're out, we've run out or we've expired our, our limit of time. We're not even in time. We're out of it. So everything that we're seeing today is really screwed up because we're not in the sink that we should be in. Is that so, for seven years too? Because that would fit pretty good. Sorry? It has the out of sync with time thing. Now, would that be something that happened seven years ago? Or is this for like ever, I think ever since fucking Adam and Eve ate that apple? I, there's that aspect of it, but I think it really got whacked out when the Second World War hit. The First and Second World War, I think, really kicked us out of kilter, especially the Second World War when they dropped the nuke in Japan, the two nukes in Japan. I think that's really what uh, sent us um, tipping. Well, not just my thing. 
my thinking on it anyway. Our consciousness must play a role in, in time as well, because we all know that depending on how focused you are in the moment can affect the way time goes for you or if you're hating where you are how time slows down and if you're in the moment time speeds up i mean you know there is a there's the observer effect like that whole thing could could play a role in time as well um i think like i said time is really a measurement it's a it's a boundary or it's a field or it's a it's a force, if you will, that separates things. And when we're looking at how we're separate, uh, how we become separate, I mean, think about this. Okay, I'm a 50s baby. I don't know how old you guys are, but I always refer to the guys in the 50s because we were the prototype of the exploitation experimentation that's gone down for the last five and a half decades. And when you see what they did to us and how they, initiate, how they initiated the altering of our genetic code by adding silica and other nanoparticles in the bread and in the food supply, even then, there has never been any organic to speak of unless you grew it yourself. And even then, depending on the environment where you grew it in, would determine whether or not it really was organic because even the Europeans are stating that all the chemtrails coming from down the sky is neutralizing any benefit that the organics can give you. Yeah. I've been saying that for five years. Yeah, I've been saying yeah. that we have not eaten any organics for since the 60s. Yeah. The, di- the dimages earth, the bentonite clays, anything that has a silica content to it, they say you don't absorb it. They're FOS on that one. What happens is it gets into the gut, it translocates through the gut because it's on a nanoscale, it binds with the cells and then shuts down all cellular communication between the cells in its area and then it starts to grow and assemble. Now, silica was what they were using initially when they were dropping the chemtrails uh, and then it went into a what they call a nanocarbon, which is three times harder than diamond, uh, hundred times stronger than steel. And so when that gets into the system, there's absolutely, when you fire any kind of charge in a nanocarbon material, there's absolutely no resistance. It's 100% full-on direct flow, whether it be light, sound, magnetic field, electrical current, or heat. In fact, if you run heat through it, it impacts the heat by 10,000. Wow. So this is this is part of oh geez where do I go from here the big the big picture some people think of the chemtrails one of the beneficial effects of them for the military industrial complex or the the powers that be or whatever is that three D battlefield sort of matrix or platform so that's is that kind of what you're one of the uses for what you're talking about. Well, I think it's about, I think it's, it, the, the chemtrails allows the AI to walk to and fro on the planet. So everything oh, before yeah, was yeah, tie, yeah. tied to a cable or to an antenna, or which had limited, limited uh, tr- uh, transmission. But now you've got a carbon nanoparticle up there, a graphene-like material, has absolutely no resistance. You fire any kind of frequency up there, it's instantaneous where you can take it. Like, in other words, if you, our computers were built with this material, uh, the, the, like a fiber optic cable, for instance, the transmission from the, from the ISP to your system would be instantaneous. There wouldn't, be, there wouldn't even be any lag time, not even on the boot-up network. It would be just bang, bang, there, it's, there it is. So imagine something as immense as an AI system that needs to be everywhere and everywhere at one time. Boom, it's there. That's interesting. Boom, I wonder, it's there. So I wonder if, if you could see any... Any increase in the overall chemtrailing seven years ago when they turned the switch like you talk about? 
That would oh, be interesting. Been, well, I uh, when I was down in Arizona, I was down there about 13 years ago. I never seen any place hit so bad as there. This was the worst place I had ever seen, you know, throughout my travels. I didn't get to California, but I heard California was worse. And I've had people, I get contacts from there all the time. People are leaving LA by the droves because it's so bad. Um, when I was in uh, when I was in Arizona, we were out one day at a hydroponic place and we're looking at some equipment and we came out and there was a tear. They literally tore the sky. Left side was blue, the right side was blue, and then you saw space. This black line, it wasn't a line, it was like a tear. You could see the stars, literally. And then they had this drone flying at supersonic as it was flying in the same uh, tear. It was releasing a wake of chemicals to further to cover up the tear. And that went for 40 clicks. So they were already hitting everything pretty hard down in the Southwest. Now they're they're expanding the chemtrailing everywhere else. Like I said, our weather here has been flipped every which way but loose. Today we're in our tens and twelves. Uh, three days ago we're minus, you know, twenty. Yeah, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, but it's hard. I mean, weather's always fluctuated. It's hard to it's hard to pin not that here. on. It's not, hard to, not here. Yeah, not here. Here, okay. We our weather started fluctuating when they put the core exit in the Gulf of Mexico because the way it works over here in the Northeast. The Gulf of Mexico carries the heat from um, Arizona all the way across to Florida. So that heat we would get would come from the Gulf that rises straight up. So the jet stream that comes in from Canada, from from where you guys are, always stayed further north, like up near North Bay or whatever. So we never got that kind of fluctuation. It got cold. We'd get maybe minus 10, maybe yeah. minus 15, but that's it. Yeah. That's And that was steady. Yeah. Our summer months here are hotter than blazes. Usually we'd be like, you know, 32, 34, plus the humidex. So yeah. we would be at Fahrenheit about 110, uh, and Celsius about 35, 36. That's the norm. We don't get that anymore. No, that's right. And then, I mean, the problem is now with the increase in chemtrails is now they're trying to, you know, roll it out as a solution to the fake global warming hoax. So, that you know, now they're... Now they're, you know, these scientists are coming on saying how they want to geoengineer the thing and they have the capability to do it. And some of us, you know, know that it's been going on already for quite a while. And that's, I mean, either way, it's fucked. To me, that's one of the most important things is, is the geoengineering problem right now. I think that is a main gain, no, no doubt. But to be honest with you, I'm more afraid of nanobiology and synthetic biology and AI and I am of that. that. That okay, the methane that, that Dan Wiggy Dan Wiggy talks about, um, that methane can be converted to something inert. So all that uh, that he's been propagating, the sphere propagation, is a lot of hocus pocus. And that guy screwed us in Canada. I'm really, I'm real. Oh, I you have no idea what I have. To, some of the words I like to say about that jackass. He came over here and filed a a. Um, a legal complaint or legal uh, mandate to start some kind of a uh, court thing going on. And we looked at what he actually did. And basically, he disarmed Canadians from doing anything more in regard to uh, taking any kind of stand or issue with chemtrails. In other words, to, to further pursue any legal action, he has basically neutralized us over That's here. That's crazy. So that so do you think that that whole thing is a he's a bit of a shill then? That whole thing's a disinformation I, I, campaign? I, or? I, I think, to be quite honest with you, I can't tell you what I think. 
because I, my my Canadian Mediterranean side will come out, and it's not a good thing for people to hear uh, that you kind can, of language. Yeah, but you can you can say it here. This is the one place nah, you can just, bring just, it, 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 would be, it would be like speaking in the wrong tongues. Trust me. <laughs> well, it's it's interesting <laughs> because I think he's an I think he's an asshole personified. Okay, and I really do, and I think for what he did, I think he should stay in his own little kingdom, his Shasta kingdom, bleed whatever he wants to bleed down there, and continue with his bullshit. His the methane thing. What the only thing that he did, and Mike Murphy did, and he screwed Mike Murphy as well, in regard to uh, where Mike Murphy is today. Uh, the only thing that they did is they made us aware of the chemtrails. After that, it became whatever. And I don't like I said I don't even bother with half of the activism going on down there. I do yeah. have friends of mine yeah. down in Arizona who are active, and I and I'll uh, associate with them because they are legitimate and they are trying to make a change down there. But the majority of them down there, man, they're a trip. They're all into trying to be the top dog or the top banana, or they're into some sort of uh, competitive thing there. That's weird. I work here. I work here with Bye Bye Blue Sky. I work here with Gag Canada, and nobody here has any ego. In fact, we would rather be doing something else other than what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not something like, yay, I'm an activist. Ooh, this is not a glory thing here. You know, we yeah. are fighting for our lives yeah. in this country. You it, know? I know it is know. It is weird when you... It's hard to parse out these these alternative sources of stuff. Like, let, that's a perfect example. Like, he brings geoengineering to the forefront, and people start realizing that it's a reality. Yet, you know, I've also I also heard conflict with the guys doing that uh, conference down there, Freedom Force International and those guys that did some uh, weather modification conference and, and the same about, thing. Talking about, talking about Jim Hill? Uh, no, what's his name? Uh, Darren, who's the guy we had on about the uh, Federal Reserve again? Uh, G. Edward Griffin, his his group. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's The other just, guys like Thomas and... Yeah, well, the, sort of. I mean, they're a part of that thing, but... Anyways... Well, I, uh, so it's hard to believe because you you know you get sucked in by by them seeming like they're on the leading edge of this conspiracy like like you know geoengineering and chemtrails and they relabel it which maybe you know at at the time you think it's a good thing because that you need to get off that negative connotation of chemtrail but then they're labeling it to geoengineering and then geoengineering turns into the solution for global warming or whatever I mean I don't know you know where it's going to go but I do I do want to ask you a little bit more about that because there's still a, a huge amount of people that think that these planes flying around with persistent contrails or let's say chemtrails you know is still I call, is still I, I, call them, I call them what they are chemtrails I okay. don't the way I look at it is don't kiss anybody's ass if they're still that stupid my my motto is this if you're that stupid and you don't want to open your eyes and you don't want to take your head out of your arse Fine, die. Yeah, but I want to, but I want to deconstruct the, the skeptical view a little bit here because I'm trying to understand myself because I know in the 80s and the 70s, it, you know, there was blue sky and there wasn't, there was contrails behind planes, but it dissipated and it didn't turn into a big fucking cloud. No. So now, now, you know, sometimes you see them dissipate and some people still think that that's a contrail. I'm like, no, that's just, a looks to me like a contrail. It's just dissipating. But then there's ones... Right that turn off and on even during you know on the same flight path and it's not like the temperature variation is that much and they just go all the way across the sky you can see them there's x's and and uh lines all over the sky creating clouds the the, the sky turns white 
So why can people not believe that that's any different now than than the eighties or the seventies? Like, so is that's there a reason? Simple. Their, their reasons. To, their reason that. seems to be that that because we've polluted the atmosphere and because there's the different type of jet fuel being used that it's causing this. I mean, is that is that their argument and is that? No, that's such, that's such bullshit. They're burning less fuel now than they ever have, something like 1%. Now, I had a guy, uh, when we did the Green Show last year, and he at the end of the show, he said, oh, those are uh, contras. And so I asked the guy, he said, how old are you? He said, I'm 60 years old. So it's okay, you and I are about the same age. I said, when you were a kid running outside, playing in the snow, building snowman, going down a toboggan on a sled, ice skating, playing hockey, whatever you were doing, when you were breathing, did that... Did that carbon follow you everywhere you went? No. You breathe it, it dispersed. The temperatures cause it to crystallize and disperse. Above us is minus 40 across North America. Doesn't matter where you are in the United States or Canada, it's minus 40 above us. If those are condensation trails, the moment they would come out, and when I was a kid, when they would come out, it looked like they were about 10 feet behind the ass of the plane. They would break up and disappear. That's condensations are being dispersed because of the temperature differences. And back then, Back then, they burnt more fuel, not less, like today. Today, basically, the, the, if you look at the uh, design of the airplane engines today, they're like one big fan. They require very little fuel except for the initial takeoff. Once they're up there, they're basically just, just air, air, being air-driven. Air so whatever's coming out of the airplane may come out of the exhaust, out of the wings, out of the ass end, but it, they're not burning nowhere near the fuel that they did Back, uh, back in the seventies or eighties, the airplanes, the airplane engines are a completely different design today. So that argument has no. But what, what about whatsoever. what about additives? What about just the supplements that they put in the fuel? Again, again, think about it. They're only burning like one percent fuel. That's hardly nothing. Yeah. It wouldn't it wouldn't be enough to even create an exhaust. So, like I said, whatever is coming out of there. Okay, let's go back to nano. Yeah, yeah. Nano is self-assembling. Self-repairing uh, um, and self, self, self-replicating, self-repairing, and uh, and is self-duplicating. So each nanoparticle can hold up to one terabyte of information, one terabyte on a nanoparticle. So when you see the patterns start to spread and create patterns, that's a program operating right before your eyes. And all that requires is a frequency, any kind of frequency. Each nanoparticle modulates at over 100,000 modulations. They form perfect union in their unison, in their lining, and in their construction. They form networks, they form uh, communication networks, and they can continue to per perpetuate, they can continue to build. We have enough carbon up in the atmosphere right now that the nanoparticles can take what's up there and continue to replicate themselves with just the raw building material that's there. So when I look at what's going on, I'm looking at they're supplying more building blocks for nanoparticles to, to assemble a network across this planet. You know how they want everybody to put all their uh, data up in the cloud? Because your information now will be used as a as a form of information or data that can be now downloaded to the AI. Imagine the AI walking across the sky using these particulates, collecting your information that you're putting up in the cloud. So now it has it knows everything about you that it needs to know because you've basically given them free and clear access. That's one aspect of it, and that's one way of looking at it. Another way is you can transfer information at a faster rate because now you've got this network all built up 
and the AI can send and trans, um, uh, transmit signals anywhere it wants instantaneously, and you can have your information. You can have whatever you need. And this is better than just going through the normal atmosphere, obviously. Like, you, you know, like people think Wi-Fi and everything right now just goes through the normal cloud, like the atmosphere, right? I mean, it just goes from it one to have, so, now it's it got have, this substance to, to help. It has, to have so, it has to have something to be able to conduct with. If you throw something through the air, anything can knock the signal. It can create a disruption in the signaling transference. Now you've got carbon nano. Like I said, it's got it's it's a hundred percent full on transmission. So is In this? Other words, there's no resistance. No resistance. Is this? So is if you this, send a signal. Go ahead. Keep going. If you send a signal from here to China, you don't lose any signal strength. It's full on, one hundred percent, all the way to China. Right. Right. So do you? How do they physically do this now? You think that they don't put this nano stuff in the in the fuel? It's just on external nozzles and stuff like that. And then now no, you think physically be, they're using uh, drones for it, right? They, no, no, they, no, no. It could be in the fuel. Could yeah. Be in the, in yeah. The release. Many, many different is. ways to disperse yeah. it, right? Look, our, our our food is being sprayed with nano. They're spraying nano silver on the food. The reason why they're doing that, the, the reason they tell you is because they're spraying it on there to prevent insects from taking devouring the field. But what that's really actually doing, that's causing male sterility. When you consume any form of nano silver that they're selling in the health food store, which is a bunch of bullshit, that causes your balls literally to shred. It shreds the, the tubes in the balls and causes testicular cancer. That's what that's doing. Titanium dioxide is also up in the atmosphere. It's a reflective material. I pulled uh, nanofullerenes out of my skin where I'm hitting them, I'm looking at them under a lens, and if the light's on them a certain way, you can't see them until you bend the lens. Once you bend the lens, then you can see part of the thread, and when you bend the lens the other way, you see the other part. It's completely stealth. When you, if you have a lens on your skin on a given day, you may see glowing material on the surface of the skin that you can't see with the naked eye, but you will be able to see with the lens. It's all being done with stealth. So this is all part of the nano. So when you're talking nano, and we're spraying that in the food supply, which is also now you're consuming, and you're spraying that up in the air, everything is now being networked. The way nano constructs is top down and bottom up. In other words, I can build something from the sky, bringing it down to the earth. I can build something from the earth and take it up to the sky. That's what they mean by top down, bottom up. You can build from the top down or bottom up. And that's what's going on right now. So when they're spraying whatever, have you been up in an airplane lately? Uh, it's been a while, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah. And have, I, you ever, have you ever noticed before when you flew up in an airplane and they got between the two cloud covers, you look down below and you see the white puffy clouds and looked above, there was another cloud line. Yeah. Now when you go up there, what you see is this blackish, brackish, look like burnt, hard material that looks like it's all shriveled up and, and uh, tattered. And you look above you, you still see that white overhang. But below you, it looks like it looks literally like shit that you're flying between. Now, that's that's your particulate matter uh, accumulating. See, they've they've also come up and understood this because we've been putting nanoparticles in the atmosphere for the since 1960. Today, they're saying we've got materials up in the atmosphere that is not even listed on the periodic table because in that time frame, these chemicals have created a chemical reaction with each other using bacteria and fungi that's in the air 
using the hot and cold elements, the electrical elements, the water elements, and they have created materials up there that they have absolutely no idea now what's up there anymore. And you have David Keith, this moron, wants to go up there and throw more chemicals up there just so they can see what it will do because they have a computer model. Yeah. But computer models are only as good as the data you put into them. And if you don't know what's up there, then you have incomplete data to be able to input into a computer. So the reaction and the results you're going to get could be catastrophic. You throw those chemicals up there and maybe you'll create an earthquake in Mexico or in California or B.C. You don't know what's going to happen because you don't know what reaction you're going to get now when you put those elements up there uh, in conjunction with the other things that could be going on. Wow. So uh, there's uh, so much to tease apart there. So so they're doing it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it bugs me about the whole the whole key thing too. the whole the whole thing about adding more of this legitimately into the atmosphere is pretty disgusting to me. Like then all under the guise of, uh, you know, climate change, which has been happening for thousands of years. I and mean, it's just gross. Well, they're selling to an ignorant group who have been programmed in a one-dimensional way of thinking. Whatever they learned in school has to be fact because you learned it in school. They don't get that that was nothing but a summation of programs that they gave you so that when they told you whatever they told you, you would agree with it because you have been conditioned because you this is what they taught you, this is what they programmed in you, so thereby this has to be whatever you know they're saying. But when you, like I said, when you step outside of that uh, paradigm, and you start understanding that, wait a minute here, what's going on? The one plus one is not coming up to two. It's actually coming up to three, four, and five. Why is this? Why is this going on? Why is it that every time I'm told this is what I need to do to be successful, every step I take forward, I lose 10 steps back? You know, it doesn't equate that. And then they tell you, just pick up your socks and keep going forward. Eventually, you'll get there. But nobody says, wait a minute. This isn't working. I've done what I'm supposed to do. I'm moving in the direction I'm supposed to be moving in. And here I am not gaining any ground. See, nobody stops and think that maybe what they were taught was in error. And maybe that they have to start looking at things from a different perspective and say, maybe I need to change what I'm doing. Or maybe, just maybe, I need to change the way I'm thinking. So, yeah. Can you elaborate on changing the way you're thinking? All right, let's let's go with religion. You know, how many religions are there in the planet? Seven hundred sixty-two. So there you go. And how many? And they're all teaching you that they have the way to God, or the way to the universe, or the way to whatever consciousness, or whatever their th their theory is today, right? Well, they can't all be right. But depending where you're at, you get taught a certain. Catholics get taught a certain thing. You know, they go and they say their beads and talk to statues and whatever they're doing. You know, Protestants do something else, you know, Baptists do something else, and Buddhists do this, Muslims do that. So we got all these differentiations going on. Why is that? Because the program is there to divide and conquer. Now, if everybody started, sat there and started talking about what's really going on, they may come to the conclusion that maybe what they're being taught is not accurate. And that's where the change of thinking can come in and realize, wait a minute, we've been taught a lot of BS here. You know, the Muslims are supposed to be the terror of the world, and they're going to be doing this and doing that. I got Muslim friends here. They wouldn't hurt a fly. You know, they, they're just like anybody else. You put on their shoes, one feet at one sock at a time, one foot at a time. They go to work. They get their. They go home. They they'll drink behind closed doors because if they go outside, somebody might say, "Oh, you wicked Muslim or whatever nonsense." You know, just like they used to do with Catholics and everybody else. You know, it's all baloney. So even when you're starting to look at the sky, if you can't understand that that 
exhaust is expanding like it is. Okay, whereas, like I said, young people today have no idea what a blue sky is. So they, they wouldn't know the difference. But the rest of us who've been here for quite some time knows what a blue sky is and knows that's not condensation because we've seen planes with condensation. So when you're looking up there and you see something expanding after an airplane releases this, then we got to start thinking, what the bloody hell is that? And you figure they've ramped up their program to do that by remote control now, just with drones? I, big, big I, drones? I, I think so. I don't even think the uh, pilots, like when the pilots say they're, they're not even aware that it's going on, I have a tendency to believe them now. I Like I said, in the last three or four years, artificial intelligence has really, uh, is really um, expanded its control. And uh, like I said, the military started this off seven years ago, seven or eight years ago with the uh, AI program uh, upgrading itself. So, and like I said, go watch when you guys can get a chance, go watch that video by Jay Tuck, our AI is killing us. It is going to make you really think uh, how much control we don't have anymore. Yeah. Uh, uh, when you're looking at the stock market, the guy says the stock market years ago, and I remember this, you would used to look at the stock market exchange, you'd have you'd have stockbrokers there with three, four, and five cell phones around them talking to different clients, trying to get them to buy and sell and do whatever. Now, what do you see? You see a uh, control center. <laughs> you yeah. know, that's who's taking the orders now. So, so you know, there's a lot of stuff here that ties into this that you've researched. If you look at your websites and all the all the stuff you've done, I mean, it's it's what's water, food, GMOs, uh, vaccines, uh, all kinds of the you know the five G stuff. I mean, where do we go from here? Like, food, maybe some advice on. You know, I mean, you've what's that noise in your background? You've got some sort of vortex thing going on to to help you out there. I mean, where do so let's let's start going into okay. I guess maybe some of the solutions and some of the the main okay. things that are in our life like food and water that we have to be okay. careful of as well. Okay, I do shows on it. I got YouTube's on it. Uh, what I tell people today is number one, we're living in 2018, not 1970. Organics don't exist. Get over it. Okay, number one. Number two, no matter what you eat. Hang, no hang on, hang on. Let's back eat. up. Let's back up. Number one, okay. organics. Isn't it better still? Like, isn't it I good to have this no. awareness? But isn't no. it better than no. the non-organic stuff? I mean, no, at least this way. No difference. None. Zero. That's the biggest pile of rubbish we've ever been sold on in the last decade. They're just as polluted as the non-organics. Well, yeah, but, they're spraying glyphosate on them. Uh, that's true. Harvest. Yeah, but yeah. So what's so the difference? And that penetrates the genetic code right down to the DNA. You cannot wash that off. I'll give you a scouring pan. I'll give you a blowtorch. You will not wash that off. Guaranteed. Okay, fair enough. Fair so enough on that no point. But I mean, but I mean, I guess for me, like they're allowed to put a bunch of other shit in the non-organic stuff. Believe so, I mean, it or not, it's not that much difference anymore. Yeah, it used yeah. to be a big difference. Yeah. Okay, when you had a farmer, okay, this is this is what I'm saying. We're living in 2018, and this is where I'm trying to really hit home. Okay, I'm going to go back to my ancient dinosaur day where I came from, 1960, 1970, 1980. At that time, you had 10 organic farmers, one guy spraying shit. Okay, by 1980, you had one guy growing organic, 10 guys spraying shit because they were sold a bill of goods by Monsanto. I mean, and they and they screwed one of our farmers here, Percy yeah. Schmeiser. Yeah. Okay, 
those farmers that were there should have been shot and pissed on for not standing standing up with them because if they had stood up with them, Monsanto would have been kicked out of Canada. They had to gave them the boot. Yeah, yeah, but good instead, point. They, yeah. They, they, instead, they kissed it. They kissed Monsanto's ass. Hershey Schmeiser had to fight that battle, but pretty much on his own, and it cost him everything. So, you know, when we're looking at what those bastards did to us and how they shanghaied us, I mean, seriously, the two farmers, uh, two judges said uh, Schmeiser was was uh, okay, and two other ones said that he wasn't, and so there was a deciding judge that said that, you know, they ruled on, on behalf of Monsanto. What a crock of bullshit that is. People don't, a lot of you don't realize that either. This is what I'm saying. Uh, uh, David Suzuki, before he went screwy, yep. back in 1980, came out unequivocally and stated that genetically modified pollen spread one and a half miles an hour. That's north, south, east, west, northeast, southeast, northwest, southwest. That's 40 miles a day, okay? About 60 clicks a day. Do the math on that. 60 clicks times a week. That's 420 clicks. Okay. Times a month. That's 680 clicks. That's been going on for 50 years. Do you think there's any spot in Canada's farming that hasn't got any kind of genetically engineered or epigenetics from chemtrails and, and the chemicals they're spraying or transgenics from the, from the blow-by, whether they be from sparrows or pigeons or bees or deer or mice or rats or other, other animals, spiders that would transfer the pollen from one plant to another? Yeah, what about the weather modification too? I mean, even just the that's, that, well, just that's, another, the, that's the epigenetic aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. So okay, that's what I'm saying. So there is no safe. That's what I'm saying. I'm going back now. My day and your day. My day, we had organics. Your day, you got nothing. Okay, so then, so the, so then, what do you do from from there? Then I mean, there's, now so, we so have you, to learn neutrality. We have to learn neutrality. Number one. Okay, I know if I'm going to eat a piece of meat, there's going to be probably some kind of nanobiology in that meat. I know this. So I know that certain components will neutralize or bind with this while I'm eating this. So what I do is I'll take vinegar, white vinegar, not apple cider vinegar. Apple cider vinegar is loaded with nano. Oh, I wanted to ask white. you about that. Yeah. Okay, white vinegar isn't. White vinegar is distilled and purified. Go with that. All the research you will find on white vinegar will blow you away. It's the only thing that will heal or cure a diabetic foot sore. Only thing. They don't have nothing medically that can come close to white vinegar's ability to cure those sores. It regulates the insulin in the pancreas. All the studies that they used on uh, apple cider vinegar came from the white vinegar study. Hmm. The, mother, the mother bullshit is all basically the uh, fiber material that they use to ferment the help with the fermentation process. But the fiber material has the highest concentration of nanoparticulates. And if you want to see the information, you either go to my site or go to buybuybluesky.com, click on the health link, click on the nanomore gallons link, scroll down, there's our pictures I took of apples, peaches, plums, uh, not plums, uh, uh, pears, cherries, and bananas. They are loaded at the surface, loaded. The peaches were one of the worst, the bananas were extremely terrible. The skin on the outside was loaded with the white shiny material and we peeled it on the inside thinking that the uh, skin was thick enough to block it. The whole outer, outer layer of the banana was loaded. You would literally would have to cut off an eighth of an inch off the top of the banana to reduce it by 80 or 90%. So we have to now do things a little differently. Okay, so, so we're neutralizing, right? So I was right. going to, because I was going to ask you about the difference between, you know, heavy metals, good good metals and bad metals, because I noticed you're, you're for some metals, but how do people know the difference, you know? 
But there are certain metals our body requires. Now, this is one of the things that glyphosate did. It took away about eight or nine of the minerals or metals that our bodies need to protect us from the biofilm buildup and from some of the pathologies that we're being exposed to today. Uh, Copper, zinc, manganese, iodine, boron, manganese. These are required by us to support and sustain our immune system, our mitochondria, our cells, our our, uh, organs, the whole nine yards. For instance, zinc and manganese supports the uh, mitochondria so you don't break down, your your core doesn't break down. The zinc and copper also produces SOD for the cells, for the eyes, lungs, and liver. You know, it helps support the glutathione levels. You know, the boron or borax that you can buy at any uh, grocery store basically removes radiation from the body and fortifies the skeletal structure and amplifies the effect of magnesium. I tell women all the time, take Epsom salt, a teaspoon of that, and a teaspoon of borax, put that in a liter of water, add a little glycerol or maple syrup to it, stir it up, and sip that through the day because women are more susceptible to aluminum. The aluminum that's coming down from the sky acts as what they call a metalloestrogen, which then activates the receptor sites in the body's uh, estrogen receptors. Women have um, estrogen, I forget how many they got off the bat, but they got one in the bladder, they got them on the breast, the brain, ovaries, cervix, all over the place. So what happens there is the metalloestrogens will bind to the receptors, activate them, and can cause mutations. A lot of bladder infections are a direct result of the uh, estrogen in the bladder not activating the uh, immune system because it's being compromised by the chemtrails or by the aluminum that they're being exposed to. So we take borax and Epsom salt, we make a, a, a drink out of that, and we sip on it all day. And what happens there is the boron or the borax and the sulfur helps the body expunge radio- radioactive material because there are four types of radiation from there. You got thorium, you got strontium, uranium, and plutonium coming down on us. So that helps pull that out. And then the borax helps amplify magnesium by a factor of 13, which pushes the aluminum out. Same with the sulfur. The sulfur grabs it, the magnesium pushes it out, and now you get back your skeletal structure. So this is one of the ways that we perform neutrality. We measure and countermeasure. So what about stuff like these heavy metal detoxes that you hear about? There's a cyto detox out there. That Do you think that helps? Um, The best thing I've found for this stuff so far something called sodium thiosulfate. Now there's EDTA, which works as well. It's not as, I find, I found, uh, we did a video on sodium thiosulfate, so I get into some pretty- So uh, say that again, sodium what? Sodium thiosulfate. Okay. If it ain't hammered down inside of you, it's coming out. End of story. <laughs> and if and if you feel the need to pass wind, you are going to the toilet or to the washroom because so, if you don't get there, you're going to have one major volcanic mess. And that's, is that g- going to clean out a lot of good stuff as well? Or is that- go. I said, everything that ain't nailed down is coming out. <laughs> it's coming out. I don't care what it is. I always tell people when you take that, and again, we're going back to neutrality, right? First... I'm going to pull out this nano poisoning. I'm pulling out the smart sensors. I'm pulling out the smart dust from my colon. I'm getting rid of that. I'm getting rid of these nano fullerenes that have grown and assembled in my colon. I'm pulling that out. All these these these, uh, these uh, intestinal disorders, verticulosis, uh, Crohn's, and leaky gut, and all that. It's all tied to the crap we're eating. I tell you, no grains whatsoever. None. Uh, the 
smart dust and the smart sensors they put into these things don't do not deactivate. They acclimate in the colon. They they form uh, networks in the system, and eventually, what happens? You start having breakdown in the colon. So when this stuff starts pulling it out, if you have a compromised colon, first you take this stuff with vitamin C, so that it protects the liver and then creates glutathione in the body. So again, we're neutralizing and fortifying at the same time. This pulls this shit out of you. Then. You load the colon back up with either things like colostrum, MSM, yogurt, full fat, kefir, full fat, no dietary crap, cheese, cottage cheese, especially cottage cheese because of the glutamine in it, uh, gelatin, quercetin. This will reconstruct and rebuild the colon. Now you're expunging the mess, the mess out of your system. You're repairing the genetic damage that has been done to your colon, and you're rebuilding it and refortifying it. Let's go with fruit. Fruit is another one, right? Everyone loves fruit. Everyone likes cherries and blueberries. I like Saskatoon berries. You know, I love Saskatoon berries. I don't eat them anymore. But what I will do with them now, because if you, if you peel them, they're right to the core with nano. You'll see if you take a little 60X scope, you'll see it all the way down. What I do now, and I show people what to do, even if you're buying wine, take your, your berries, whatever they are, raspberries. Uh, if you're buying strawberries, keep them Canadian. Leave that California shit alone. That stuff is just gross. It's not even a real strawberry anymore. If you're going to get strawberries, blueberries, Saskatoon berries, juice them. When you juice them, put them in the blender. Take a teaspoon of oil, put it in the blender as well. Blend that for about two minutes. Put that in a jar or a bowl. Put that in the fridge. The oil will now separate from the juice. Any metallic that was in the juice is now in the oil. As the oil and water separate, the oil then will start to semi-solidify because it's in the refrigerator because it's cooler. When you go to pour it, pour it through the filter, then throw out the oil. Now you've neutralized that by about 98%. It's clean. Is there any way, now can we look at anything in that frozen oil and see any like... I was just going to ask that. Is there any like little home home experiments you can do where you can see this shit? Go go for it. Yeah, go get a 60X lens loop. That's all you need. Look, when you, uh, when you go on that site, like I told you, Bye Bye Blue Sky, I used a three-stage aquarium filter. It had three different filtering, filtering systems. It had the charcoal, it had the lava rock, and it had the uh, fiberglass. What I, I, used, I used four different juices from four different areas. I used uh, organic apple juice, the organic apple juice we have in Canada. I used the red wine from South Africa. I used uh, black currant from, from, Germ- uh, from Poland. And I used the non-alcoholic wine from Germany. I was able to filter out the apple juice from Canada, the uh, uh, the um, wine from South Africa, the um, oh, what the hell was the other one there? The um, it just slipped my head there. That that juice from Poland, I was able to filter that one out. I couldn't filter out the shit from Germany. The stuff went in through the filter and came right back out the filter. You can see it in the display there that we've got the pictures of. Hmm. Is that Everything better than a Berkey? Out. My Berkey does pretty good filtering. It won't even touch it. Berkey's it won't even touch good. it. Yeah, yeah, it's a gravity fed. It won't touch it. The, the particles are too small for the filter to grab. What about the Santivia one that I, I've got a Santivia one that I use, but I, I want to add something else as well. But does that do a pretty good job? Uh, you'd have to look at the you have to look at the specs on it whether it will do nano. Yeah, I know the Ber- I know the Berkey doesn't. The Berkey that would go right through it. But the uh, the only things that the only two things that I know that actually will reduce it down to about ninety five percent is distilled water. And uh, reverse osmosis. Have you ever and heard of? Uh, so, you ever heard of John bad? Ellis distilled water? 
no, I can't say. You gotta, oh man, you got to look up. The, I'd love to know what your thoughts are on this because he distills it a hundred times to the point of that's completely depleted of deuterium, and it's it's uh, like it's yeah. like the purest water apparently that's ever been made. And yeah, I, well, the, the scientific community will double and triple distill their water for the same reason. Uh, because basically what you're doing is you're just you just continually, you know, uh, as you keep on, just the more you distill it, the, the more uh, pure it gets. Um, yeah, I can see what he's, he's doing there. It makes sense, yeah. quite frankly. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to. Maybe we'll send you a link after and I'd love to hear what yeah. you think. I've been I've been uh, using a little bit of it, just like 10 drops in a, in a bigger uh, Santivia filtered glass jar so that I can kind of, uh, you know... Um, fractal it in a way in a way i guess you could say so so uh where was i going to go before that then so the chem the chem the chemicals the uh i guess the one the, benefit the detox that you can get from uh from those other things is a placebo effect that's got to be good for something <laughs> there you go <laughs> the organic food is a good placebo yeah so so what haven't uh didn't i i saw some pictures and i can't seem to find them now of, of stuff that people are, have removed. Can you talk yeah, a little go, bit about some of that? Yeah, go back to Bye Bye Blue Sky. Look at the again the health link and then click I'm on, on the nanomore okay. gallons and then just scroll scroll down. She keeps scrolling down. Uh, she gets into a whole uh, scenario there. And yeah, this is this is the nano that's coming out in its assembled form. Hang on, hang on. I'm on the links. It's on the uh, links part. No, no. Uh, bye Bye Blue Sky yeah. com. Yeah, I'm on there. Yeah. Okay. Click on the uh, health link. The health link. Oh, the health link. Okay, yep. Oh, there we go. Okay, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then, cl yep. then click on the nanomore gallon. Yeah, that must be where I saw it before. Okay, yeah, yeah. and then scroll all the way down to that. Yeah. Okay, you can see where we filtered the the, di the different beverages. You can see the yep, fruit. Yep, yep, yep. Then you can go down below. You can see the particles that have come out of Pipo. I pull out, um, I created some kind of magnetic vortex field that I've been using, and I have been pulling out, I must have pulled out over a hundred bots out of my face in the last two weeks. I couldn't believe where they were all lined up and how they came out. Uh, but that is, and that's a lot of those things are you seeing there are coming out through uh, either the bucket or through the triangle or through another pulsing device that a buddy of mine in, in uh, Spain did. Uh, Dave, uh, Dave Bouchard there, he did that. He created his own, so he took some of my stuff and, and, and improvised it. And he pulled a lot of stuff out. Uh, you'll see stuff there from all kinds of people. You'll see the big, long, threaded fullerenes that have assembled. You'll see the tiny little uh, chips. You'll see the, the implants. I, I alone, in the last few months, must have pulled out about 10 implants out of my neck, behind my ear, uh, bridge of my nose, uh, my temples. Uh, when, you, when you get activated, this is the term I'm gonna use because that's what happens. You first, you get saturated with the nano, nano poisoning and then you become activated what winds up happening is you'll start having major outbreaks along the temple under the eyes above the eyebrow above the forehead uh, by the uh, hairline down behind the ear below below the lobe at the jawline at the neck behind the neck those will be the prime places and then beside the lips as well on the side of the nose those will be the prime places where you'll find the most irritation where you feel like something's either moving or itchy and you'll squeeze it out if you look under a scope you will be amazed at what you may find uh, under under the under the lens. You may see threads, you may see wires, you may see circuits, literally, literally circuit connections, balls of uh, fiber, tiny bots, tiny quantum dots. Quantum dots will be um, like glow and have a like a light 
shine from them. That's literally the power source that powers these things to assemble. You may see dendromeres, you may see uh, uh, origami, you may even see the lattices. Lattices will look like a liquefied frame. Like, you know how you build a a house frame? Well, this is exactly what this is. It's basically a protein mixture that's using your body to create a frame or a uh, a, a type of um, foundation for the origami to to build and then for the fullerenes and for the uh, dots and bots to attack. You'll find crystals coming out of you. It's it's amazing what they have done. I've gotten mine down to a point now where I'm at the, the initial stages where they first started initiating uh, quantum bot, uh, not quantum bots, the nanobots uh, with the nano gold and the nano copper. I actually saw a nano copper bot, which was what they u- initiated the uh, spraying with initially. So that tells you how far down I've gone into my system to get this stuff out. A nano so, copper bot, as in like yeah. a nanobot like a robot nanobot, like a- nanobot made out of copper the bots what they're putting in people when you go do the research and you see the nanobots they're talking they look like look like little bb's literally yeah and inside those bb's they have a fullerene construct embedded inside oh i just saw that it's like a it's like a, a oxy, oxy, octagon uh, structure in a way like a beehive type structure in there that's that's one of them they've got all kinds of them. some of them are oblong some of them look like a triangle with a circle no two of them are exactly alike but when you're talking quantum bots it all depends on the configuration of what they're putting inside these things and so what happens is this thing will start moving so as this as these things create a systemic network in your body it will move along in within that network within the framing of the fullerene till it gets where it needs to go and then it will start to detach itself opening up and releasing these fiber materials where it can assemble i've caught this at different levels i just when it started opening when it was halfway open and when it was fully open and when it's fully open it looks like a big um pot you know like a mop that you you just buy you pull out of a bag yep. it looks like something like that it just, just opens up and it's just huge and wide and it's now ready to extend its tentacles to expand whatever uh network it grows so We've been at this for quite some time. We've been seeing a lot of things. I've been, I've got the um, triangle in the bucket out, and I've had people. Okay, let's go, let's back up a sec. Let's well, back up yeah, a sec. Okay. Before we get into that, I was going to ask: Is there any chance that these things are stuff that's just sort of in your food, in your or something food, or like... something like that? Because those are kind of the parts of the body where your your skin and stuff is regenerating the fastest as well. So, is there any chance it's just you know like getting caught up from the crap you're eating and breathing? Like when you in pick and... your shit off the floor and eat it, it's just like <laughs> well, little... let's put it this way: if the cow is eating the grass and the stuff's in the grass, it's going to be in the meat. It's going to be in the milk. If they're if it's coming from an apple that they're spraying or it's come from the sky, it's going to be. I, we did it. We did the green show last year, and we had one blue fullerene inside the apple, and we had a um, um, a 500x magnifier on top, so we could see it. In the course of eight hours, it went from one less than one sixteenth of an inch to a quarter of an inch. That's how fast it grew. Huh? It's feeding on the carbon. Wow. It loves carbon. This is why I tell people don't eat the grains because the grains are loaded with carbon. Fuck. That's what the that's what the grains are, carbon. And like I said, if you take if you go to a I don't know if they've got them in Calgary, they probably do. But if you go to a hobby shop and you go buy a silica kit, how to grow your own silica crystals, you can see how this will assemble because it doesn't even need a frequency. It does it just it in just nature. Does it on its own. Yeah, yeah. 
So when you're putting that in the food supply and you're consuming it, they're saying it's going to go out, the gut's not going to absorb it, it's going to pass through. That's a lot of hocus pocus. When you're talking nano, it can translocate through any part of the body. Okay, let's say you're a smoker. You're taking a drag off your cigarette, okay? The cigarette temperature will exceed to temperatures up to 1,500 degrees Fahrenheit. It's 700 Celsius. So when we're looking at that, that turns that chemical into what they call a black carbon particle. Now we're talking carbon particle again, okay? That is, again, we're talking three times harder than diamond. You're inhaling that, and it goes down to the bottom part of your lung. Now, if you can't pop that up, then what happens is the next phase phase of the defense mechanism is you pr produce biofilm, which will now try to enclose this black carbon particle. And what happens is if it's on a nano scale and it's got a program running, it will now use that biofilm to use to build whatever it needs to further its con construction or network, or it will slip between the lung and wind up going somewhere else like the spleen or into the heart or into the stomach or into the liver or into the kidney and embed itself there because that's how small these things are and through the ability to what they call translocation. So we're dealing with something that is extremely, extremely um, dangerous. It's a Trojan horse because you're thinking, you're eating and drinking safe things. You're consuming safe things. They even put nano silver in underwear. Now, why did they do that? Because it fucks up your balls? Big time. Again, there's a translocation effect that happens there. It gets inside the testicles, and nanosilver is extremely lethal to the male uh, genitalia. So, like I said, when you're talking, if you want to go on my site, any chance you want to go there, look at any of the nano information, nano transformation, nanotoxicology, look at the synthetic biology, look at XNA. XNA is another beauty that they're using in synthetic biology. That can replicate your DNA right to the hilt. Your body will never know the difference. They're using xenic nucleic acids to, again, uh, uh, create any form of integration with any broken double strands of DNA you have. Now, we can repair our DNA. I'll show you how to do that as well. What's your website what you, again? Uh, AugmentInforce.50webs.com? webs or .com, either way, yeah. yeah. Okay. So when you go there, what you need is a formula called GHK. What it is is glycine, histidine, and lysine with copper. And you can do this really simple by buying gelatin at any health food store, grocery store, Knox gelatin will work. Uh, you need lysine, powder preferably, and you can use uh, Bernard Jensen's chlorophyll or a good, um, in Canada we got one here called Trophic. Uh, it's a clean one, it's expensive for the little bit they sell you here, which is a bit of a ripoff, but uh, of all the ones I've seen in the market, that's probably one of the cleanest ones that we have here on this side of the creek. Um, combine those three, do it four or five times a day, and you will start to see literally a, yourself start to regenerate. You may see if there's any gray hair, that will start to reduce which is indicative of it working. What about missing hair? Missing hair, that would require onion juice. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. You would massage the scalp and consume it. Uh, and then consuming, and then using a coffee mixture as well, because coffee, you ever heard of Rogaine? Yep. Yeah, that's what they use is coffee. Hmm. Huh. So a lot onion, of harmful other juice. shit. Darren and I could both use some onion so juice. So is your butt getting hairier, Greg? <laughs> 
Um, if you rub it there, maybe. <laughs> Only if you rub it there. <laughs> he does. Um, well, shit. That's pretty bleak outlook. So what are you eating? I eat everything, but I neutralize everything. I eat, okay, I go to, the, okay, this is another thing I'm going to give you a little tidbit on. Buy your meat at the farm. Buy your poultry at the farm. I do. Perfect. Okay. Okay. That's one way. Because when you buy, when you go to, okay, you got Safeway there and you got food co-op and you got another one there. What the hell is the other one? Um, Superstore. Uh, Superstore. Okay. When you go into the meat section there, the meat looks like shit. And that's just, that's not just in Calgary. That's across Canada. I mean, when I grew up eating meat, meat was meat. You had tr fat trim around the side, but the inside was all meat. You didn't see the marble and the grizzle and all this other shit you see today. I wouldn't, I wouldn't feed that to a pig today. So when I go to the farm, I'm buying buffalo or I'm buying lamb or whatever. I buy lamb from a guy in Kingsville here because he uses the bricks method to grow, uh, to raise his lambs. In other words, he's got 12, to 12 or uh, 20 different types of grasses and every day he has them pasturizing, pasturing on different grasses. So when I get his lamb, the cuts I get from him, you know, you buy that New Zealand shit, it's nothing but fat and marble and grizzle. I don't know what they're feeding him down there. This guy's lamb is lean. I mean, lean, you got the fat in it, but you got a lot of meat, not just a little bit of meat and a whole lot of fat. So when you buy it from the farm, that's one of the things you look for. You're buying chicken, they shouldn't be no more than three pounds. Any more than three pounds has got antibiotics and, bi and other biology in it they shouldn't have. So when you cook your meat, cook it in vinegar and add garlic and onion to it. And this is the reason for the madness here. The vinegar acts as a mild acid that breaks down the protein bonds. The, the garlic and the onion are sulfur. Garlic has cysteine in it. Uh, uh, onion has quercetin in it, which bind with metal, binds with hormones, <laughs> binds with DNA. Okay, so when you eat that meat, you don't. By the time you cook it, if you cook it on a well done side, you don't have to burn it, but you're like well done. You may only need a fork to cut it because the acetic acid has broken the protein down so that when you actually eat it, it actually feels light on the stomach, not heavy. The other thing you want to be using as well is a high concentration of saturated fat. Saturated fat will help flush this stuff out of the cells. You need also omega-6 fats. No threes, no canola, no flax, no fish. In fact, there was a study that just came out this week on fish oils that they're actually causing huge levels of liver damage. And, and I've been saying that for 10 years that the fish oils are a big joke. I thought flax was good. It's an omega-3, it's an oxidizer. It'll cause more myelin sheet damage. What about, what about designed, DHA? What about the DHA, though? Isn't that worth some of that uh, stuff? Go get, I mean, go, go get hazelnut oil. It's an omega-6, and it's got a higher concentration of the DHA than the fish oil, and it's a hell of a lot safer to eat. Okay, hazelnut oil, okay. I'm, making out. I'm not on fish. I'm on, what do we got? We're at olive, sesame, okay. avocado, and uh, coconut, and the other one <laughs> that you just said I shouldn't have. Flax. Yeah, you got you got your high levels of omega nine, which is okay, but you need more six to saturate. Butter, coconut oil, lard, tallow, ghee, uh, lanolin. Those are the fats you should be using. So I put, actually I do put coconut oil in my coffee, and I love okay. me some motherfucking butter. Okay, butter by the pound. Here, how much you did that? Pound a day. Yeah. 
You need a pound a day if you wanted to. You wouldn't get that cholesterol levels would, would not even move an inch. No, well, 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 even Does if they do, even if your here? cholesterol levels do move, I mean, isn't that? Can you talk a bit about the cholesterol studies and the farce of that whole uh, measurement oh, process? Night, night. Let's go back to 1939. They actually did a study on the cholesterol. Found cholesterol had made absolutely no difference for heart or stroke. The bullshit that they're pulling today, if they're measuring is the LDL and HDL, that's a protein. Has absolutely nothing to do with fat. The studies were unequivocally stating you could eat a pound of butter a day, you'd shit out half of it. The other half you would use, and your cholesterol levels would actually drop. I've had that happen here with people I give that to. So go eat all the butter you want, get off all the other shit. And Don't then your any... cholesterol levels drop. Drop. Yeah, unbelievable. And then they... Yeah, I heard that what happened was they, they redid all the measurements and everybody was lower than they thought. So instead of realizing that it's not a problem, they just dropped the measurements down. Yeah. Eggs, so that, you, can eat all the egg, you can eat all the eggs you want. And that was a lot of bullshit too. Back in the early days, let's go back to my ancient historical time because that's where I'm coming from. Okay, they used to eat a dozen or two dozen eggs a day, the bodybuilders did, and none of their cholesterol levels were, were in any way, shape, or form off the hilt. It's when you eat sugar, that's the problem. The sugar causes the cholesterol to oxidize. That oxidation causes the periodizing, uh, periodizing of the cholesterol. That's where you get the damage. Now, how do you fix that? Well, you can use sunflower lecithin, or you can consume more cholesterol to clean out all the old bad cholesterol, provided you minimize using processed sugars. Cut them out completely, I think, right? That would be the best thing. Like, I can't believe the, the, the difference you'll notice in just like a, in, a, in a week. I mean, I haven't made it that far yet, but my wife has, and it's, it's unbelievable. I'll tell you something. I quit eating all grains. Now, you got to remember, I'm Mediterranean. So when we were born, we come out with a slice of bread in our hand. You know, we're coming right out of the porto with that slice. You know, we got a pizza in one hand and a panzerotti in the other. So for me to quit bread, it took me four attempts. And I wasn't a wheat eater. I was a rye. I loved rye bread. My, yeah, my, yeah. Thing, my thing with rye was put it in a toaster, heat it just enough to warm the bread, not even singe it pull it out, put 5,000 pounds of butter on it, and consume it. That, to me, was like going to heaven. But that was breaking me out like every which way but loose, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. So then I quit eating this stuff. So after my fourth attempt, it took me six months for the psycho psychology part of it to let go. It's like a drug. Yeah, you totally. You drive down yeah. the road, Tim, Tim Hortons is cooking a freaking donut or some donut shop's cooking stuff. You walk into a grocery store, they got bread breaking. You, you go some... You go, you drive by an Italian oh, it's restaurant. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's hard. It's really the hardest thing to get away from for me is the well, the carbs and that bread, the bread type stuff. The bread. But once you do, it takes about a year. I'll tell you that. After you get past a three or four month deal where you you um, don't eat the bread, then about six months later, you, you got to get past the mental thing. Once you get past that, about the second year, you don't give a shit if you never look at another piece of bread again. It doesn't phase you one bit. Hmm. You know, you'll be walking down the bread aisle, and, you're, and it's like it's it's almost like it's not even on the radar. So you, you find know, your energy are, levels are better. I do 19-hour days. Okay, I run a shop, I run media, I run <laughs> websites. I'm constantly consulting people across the planet. You know, I'm consulting people where I'm at here. I have my day is full every day with what I do. And so I do this 19 hours a day. I've been doing that now probably for about 13, 14 years. Yeah, you're enjoying it, obviously. Uh, I don't know about enjoying it. Um, 
I do enjoy aspects of it. There's other aspects of it where I wish I was on an island somewhere and not having to have to deal with half of this bullshit. But uh, I enjoy when I look at research and I see something that really works. I explore it, I experiment with it, and I say, yes, we got something here. Then we give it to people, and then all of a sudden we get feedback saying, yeah, you know, this is working. Where have you been all my life kind of thing, you know? So um, that part of it's really cool. Uh, the research part is really cool because sometimes it, you, when you get into the research, it's like doors and windows. I always say God opens a door and then there's a window. And then there, after you get past the window, there's a portal. And after you get past the portal, there's a, there's a, you know, a hidden door under the floor and you get past that. And then you get to this cave and oh my gosh, look at the, look at the information we got here. And then you're like, yes. And you find something and you know, that's where your mojo gets going. Sometimes I'm up till like five in the morning. I forget what time it is. And I'm like digging, digging. Oh, and then I'm experimenting. Then I go in the back room and I start putting stuff together and seeing if this will work or that will work or whatever. So, you know, that part of it's really cool. What, um, kind, what kind of other crazy shit do you run into down in those dungeons at four in the morning? Oh, man, I'm telling you, sometimes you look for one thing, you know, and you start on a tangent. And I don't do Google. I never use Google. Google is a worse search engine Wait, than what a do you, I Oh, what do you recommend? Uh, just basically go into your, when you see the URL, just type in whatever you want. Now, I'll tell people there's several ways you can do certain things. Type in file type uh, PDF, or blank, uh, space PDF, and then put in there uh, the two commas and or two uh, um, quotation marks and put in there your subject matter. When you pull that up, all you're going to find are old PDF files that are coming from laboratories, universities, military, industrial, all kinds of places. You may even see patents on certain things. And then when you look at the patent, you say, well, let's see what we can do here with this patent. Let's see if we can make this and let's see if we can tweak it. And that's when it gets fun because then when you start tweaking, you say, oh, look at this. You know, I got three eyes now. I had two, you know, that kind of stuff. I just typed in, I just typed in file type PDF lab work for nanocarbon and it came up like opportunities and risks of nanotechnologies and preparation of carbon nanotubes from graphite powder. Yeah. yeah, very interesting. Like I said, yeah, when you when you do that, put in file type PDF, like file type space PDF, and then put in your quotation marks, and then put in whatever subject matter you want. Uh, you can also go to free patents online. Then you can see all the patents are out there. Uh, Google. The only thing I, the only thing I do use with Google uh, is the Google patents. I find that their their uh, their formats a little bit cleaner than um, free patents online, but uh, you will get their uh, information from there as well. And it's amazing what you can find in those patents. And sometimes within those patents, they'll give you other things that you never knew about that they uh, talk about. They never did anything with, and that gives you another opportunity to test and explore and come up with ideas. So. You know, and then again, I network with other people across the planet who are activists. Most of the people I deal with are activists most of the time. Uh, very few people I deal with who aren't. And so, uh, or I deal with people that are awake. I deal with a lot of awakened people as well. So generally speaking, there's always an interaction going on. Hey, Tone, I tried this. I used your formula and I tweaked it. Hey, man, this thing really did blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah, what did you do? And so we talk about it, right? So then sometimes I'll even, you know, say, well, this is what so-and-so did here. And this is the results he got or she got, you know? And so then, they, we, you know, we share and there's this constant uh, uh, um, networking that way. See, we need, to we need to build a blockchain of our own, a blockchain of networks that no matter where you go, the information is now flowing 
to everybody everywhere at, at any given time. So for instance, okay, you got my website. So let's say you put my website on your link. I put your link on my link. Now we've got a blockchain going because now anybody can access you guys from me or you, or me from you guys, okay? And any information that I have, I always say, take it, use it, do whatever, you know, share it. Don't, don't you know, don't just get, let it go, let it fly. You know, uh, bye well, bye, Blue Sky and I, myself, we do the same thing. We collaborate all the time. Well, we talked you know, about and, that, Darren, like with the with the Wi-Fi, like being able to eventually have our own, everybody connected via their own Wi-Fi routers, right? Well, that like was the, after the Armageddon, we would just do like a peer-to-peer -peer and piggyback fucking Wi-Fi that, that's, networks. That's what I, I've been thinking about that too, having our own network set up uh, with all any kind of database and so that wherever we are, Anybody that's that's awake or it's connected or is part of a uh, a cell or a group or whatever uh, you know, that's working together, doing whatever, and rebuilding or restructuring, that we have the information at hand so we can get going right off the bat. The biggest problem I see with the the Armageddon effect is getting rid of the AI. That has to go. There is no question that shouldn't have never been brought on this planet at all. That probably, was a probably shouldn't use the word cell too much either. Okay, whatever, however you want to, however you want to describe it. Network. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Network. Yeah, cell's you know. been sort of taken over by the terrorists. Oh, is that yeah, what it is? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you terrorists, you, you and yourself. <laughs> so is there anything, anything else you want to mention before we wrap this up? Um, don't let anybody tell anybody that's awake and trying to do something. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't, that you're incompetent, whatever. Anybody that's doing anybody thing today, we're all starting from ground zero, all of us. I'm a herbalist using orthomolecular materials, foods, and, and essential oils. I'm dealing now with electromagnetic fields, electromagnetic pulses, uh, uh, frequency blocking, uh, using anything we can use to block, uh, to regenerate uh, uh, genetics. I'm dealing in genetics. These are things you will, again, eventually, all everybody is going to evolve to. I don't care what, where you're at, or you're at right now. I don't care what your capacity is, your limitations are. Everybody who is awake and stands their ground is going to evolve. So don't let anybody tell you they can't do something. Tell them to kiss your ass and move on. You know, if they can't be of any help to you, they're not going to support you, then find people or find groups that will. And if you got to go alone, go at it alone. Continue to work. Da Vinci and all the great inventors that did anything did it because they didn't have any distractions or detractions that caused them to create a uh, problems. Even Tesla, with all the things he did, he was working alone a lot of times. He did work with people that he could collaborate, but the majority of the time he spent it alone. And that's when he came up with the greatest and best innovations of ever. So don't let no, no one tell you what you cannot do. You know, don't surrender your right of expression and creation to any jackass because they have a limitation. If they have a limitation, that's their problem. You move forward. And we are living in this wonderful time before the internet goes away where you, we can collaborate. I mean, look at we're connecting and I mean, you're talking to people all over the world about your stuff. I mean, it really is a, 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 a great time to be awake and doing all this stuff and sharing information like never before. I think some of the greatest innovations are going to come from the awakened group. Yeah. Uh, irrespective, education means sweet FA. Nothing. Education is basically a programming, and anybody who says they got a PhD in some bullshit, all you've done is jumped hoops, paid a lot of money, kissed a lot of ass, 
but now what are you doing with it? If all you've got is a degree hanging on your wall saying, this is me, I'm, I'm a uh, certified, whatever, I got a PhD in bullshit, that's all you've got. But if you're educating yourself, it doesn't matter what field you're getting into, even if you do have a degree, if you're doing something with it outside the per- paradigm that you've been programmed and you're coming up with super innovative ideas or super great ideas, that's going to really be a, it could be any kind of thing. You know, then you then you're not only educated, you're also intelligent and you're also experienced. And that's something nobody can take from you. Nobody. Yep. yep well said. Right on, buddy. Well, thanks for Except coming on. AI if, nanobots. Yeah, yeah, they can take it from you. So they, no, they can't. They can't even take it from you. They can kiss your ass because you know what? They're, you got to remember something. All AI is is a summation of a program. And all it takes to eliminate a program is a stronger field. Keep always remember that. Is love a field? Sorry. Is love a field? Uh, not for an AI. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> so uh, if you're ever in Calgary, look us up, and you can stop by the studio. And if you're ever here doing yeah, workshops, we're, we're we're in Chestermere. We're just east of. Uh, well, that's where the studio is. I mean, I live in Calgary, but we we do this out of um, Chestermere, which is like. 25 minutes east of Calgary. Okay, I, I, I used to live there, so I mean, I used to live up in the, the, um, in the north uh, Kensington, Kensington area, and I lived up in North, uh, north Hills. Oh, north yeah, cool. River. Right on. So I lived up there for a while, so I, I'm familiar with Calgary a little bit. Uh, the last Every time I go there, it seems like they've changed. The last time I was there, the C train has had changed. They, they expanded the route, and they're creating another route. My kids live over there, so they, they take me around and say, hey, Dad, look at this. I say, oh, wow, that wasn't here last time I was here. So anyway, um, I know things have changed since I was there. So, uh, yeah, if I ever come up there, I do sometimes I do workshops over there. I do come in the town, and so I do do them. Um, uh, I've been already invited back to Merritt, so I actually like the area. It, uh, it was interesting. I was there, and in less than 12 hours, my complexion completely cleared up. And I found out that the mountains was loaded with copper. Wow. And when I, when I left there three or four days later and I came to Calgary, within five hours, I had an outbreak on my face because of the frequency content that was that's in Calgary. Because Calgary is a fairly, it's an expansive city. It's like the second largest city in North America next to Denver. So it's huge with, you know, towers and RF towers and whatnot. So, yeah, within five hours. So I knew and I recognized right then and there that I was being, the frequencies were targeting me so that I would have these, this uh, this nano assembly going on in my system. So again, I've been dealing with this for a while, and I've gotten and I've gotten this reduced dramatically with some of the things I've done. So um, we I have been filming. Uh, I've been giving it to a select group of people. So we share. I'm sharing the ideas with them. We're kicking it around. We're trying to develop it. So if you guys want, I'll put you on the list, and you can see what we're doing, and we can go from there. Yeah, sure. Yeah, thanks for coming on, and we'll put all the links to your uh, websites and everything in the show notes and. So people okay. can check it out and uh, yeah, keep in touch and hopefully uh, maybe we'll see you here one day. Sounds good. Listen, thanks for having me on, eh? All right, thanks, Tony. Anytime. Okay. All right, take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Now is a chat with uh, Tony Pantaloresco. That was a good one. That, that was, was quite the one. ride. Wow. Yeah, strap in. Yeah, we forgot to ask him about his little uh, machine in the background there. It was Vortex protection generation. Some of the things that are, we're shooting. What's her name? What's her name? Catherine Horton. Oh, yeah, maybe. She went with the tinfoil hat. I think that this is a much better approach. Yeah. It sounds cool, too. It's very steampunky. Yeah. I yeah, picture it as like. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, huge thanks to uh, Tony for coming on the show. And Clint, our number one recommender. Whoa. Yeah, what? I would have to say yeah, Clint's what? number one. Clint's going to be tough to beat. And you know what? The other thing is, like, when Clint makes a recommendation, it usually comes, like, with a couple different forms of contact. Oh. Yeah. That's brilliant. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. That's why Clint's guests are always, like, on within a couple of months. Yeah. It's like, okay, email. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, yeah, if you guys have anyone you want on the show, spam uh, me or Graham. We'll try and get them on. Graham, Graham, Graham. Yeah. You know what? This could be one of those, uh, one of those topics where... Again, in four or five years, we're like, wow, that guy actually was on to something there, you know? Like he's, Ukraine. Well, yeah, but I mean, that the more of a conspiratorial, deeper level. I mean, we didn't even get into, you know, who's doing this and why necessarily. We went, we just stuck to, you know, the stuff about um, the nano stuff and the GMOs and all the problems with the frequencies and the chemtrails and all that. But yeah, I mean, we wow. should do some, we should get a 60 power here and maybe we extract something somehow and take a look through the microscope and see what it looks like. I got like. one. Oh, do you? I use it for shooting trichomes on my house plants. I, that just, that. I have no Don't idea worry. what that Don't worry. means. Don't worry. Anyways, yeah. Well, I think it's a 200x. Stuff. It goes like, I could zooms from like 50 or like 20. But then 200. how do you, how do you get that out of your, like, do you have to excrete it and then pick it out or how does that work? Well, that was out of shit. I don't know. I'm just I asking he pulled him. it out of his skin. Well, yeah, he did. Some of those were pulled out of skin. Yeah. I don't know. He's going to add us to the group. So you watch the videos, pull okay. some stuff out and we'll okay. look at it. Okay. I've got the That's, microscope. I, I don't know if I can do the extreme. I go get the microscope, microscope right now. We could just look at your skin up real close and see what we see. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it live on YouTube. It's a USB thing, so I guarantee you we could just broadcast it live to the YouTube channel. We'll pull these things out of your gross face. Oh, I can't say that. Mm. You could charge me now. That's going to be hate yeah, crime soon. Yeah, it's, you're suspended. Gross <laughs> misconduct. <laughs> I'm suspended from the show for a week. That'd be it. <laughs> Next show's episode, next episode isn't coming out. I'm <laughs> 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 just spent an hour and a half talking into a microphone that wasn't switched on. No, well, fuck you. It'll come out. It just won't be out of this place. You'd get it out a couple stages somehow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it would be. It would. You'd get. They'd be in. Together. They'd be in nine, 59 yeah. second Instagram audio. <laughs> so what I would click. You got to go to like fucking fifty posts. Anyway, like I said, big thanks to Tony. Check out his websites. We'll put the links in the show notes. Um, while you're checking out websites, check out grammarica.ca slash support. Sign up for a monthly or a Patreon or a one-time donation today and help us keep having these uh, these fantastic conversations with these guys that you don't hear anywhere else and uh, help us keep growing. Um, so, yeah, do all that fucking cool stuff in the show notes you got anything else that's about it buddy i think that's about it guys all right thanks for listening and we will see you next week